DDCO at the plate, he's over for 2 today. Swakowski, the big right hander, lets it go. It's right down Broadway. DDCO lets it fly, and it's... Oh, it's raining now. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Rain Delay Theater, the show where two bums talk about other bums at baseball games. Uh, I am Jeremy Dionisio. And I'm Jack Swakowski. It's uh, Wednesday, November 18th, 2020. This is episode number 96 of the podcast. Um, Jack, who is your 1996 rookie? Tony Batista. Do you remember Tony Batista? You know, kind of. (laughs) <laughs> Again, well, Jack, just real quick, as a real quick aside, like in looking at these lists th- this last couple years, like in this decade of the 90s, I'm having this trouble where like all these guys just seem like the same to me. Like they're different, okay. but like they all kind of form into this like amorphous blob of just like early 90s baseball guy. So like it's uh, some of these guys, like the Rusty Greers and Tony Batistas kind of all fall into the same blob for me. So, yeah, I, I'd be interested to hear some more about Tony Batista. Well, sure. I mean, uh, yeah, Jeremy, this was, I was 10 in 1996. So like these are, uh, this is kind of right, like my wheelhouse of right when I started following baseball. So like I actually, a lot of these names, like these blasts from the past, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of fun to, it's fun for me to look back on them. Sort of similar to probably how it was for you in like the late eighties, early nineties. Um, so Tony Batista um, yeah, he's kind of a forgotten guy. I feel like he was, uh, he was like Jose Bautista before Jose Bautista, um, you know, but his name was Batista. Um, so he, uh, yeah, Jeremy, he actually had a couple of like good years. Like his first couple years, he didn't really do anything in the league, didn't hit many home runs, didn't hit for a good average. And then all of a sudden in 1999, he blew up for 31 home runs and 100 RBIs. Then in 2000, he hit 41 home runs uh, and 114 RBIs. And then uh, in 2004 with the Expos, I do not remember him being on the Expos at all. He hit 32 home runs, drove in 110 runs. And he had a couple other seasons of like 25, you know, 30 home runs. So the guy was uh, the guy was like a power hitter who just like completely flew under the radar because like obviously other guys were putting up really good numbers uh, too, bigger numbers than that. Um, uh, and he was probably also a steroid guy if you look at his career numbers, but, uh, yeah, you know, Tony Batista, I feel like, you know, guys like him were kind of a dime a dozen in the late nineties, early two thousands, but he was just this weird guy who hit like 35, 40 home runs a couple of times. Yeah. I could at least say I could maybe even, you know, I won't cut him the benefit of the doubt, but like, at least in his like first kind of like full year, it wasn't even that full. I mean, well, yeah, his first full, full year he hit the 31 homers um but uh but yeah given like you know the um the time period uh you know i would most likely say steroids guy for sure um i think of tony batista as an oriole jack like what who is he what team is he to you yeah you know i i think of him as a blue jay i guess um that's where he had his best uh his best season um but yeah you, you know you look at his career and it's kind of uh it's hard to think of him as anything, really. I mean, the guy yeah. bounced around. He never spent he never spent more than two full seasons with any one team. He played on the Oakland A's, the Diamondbacks for a season and a half, like the Blue Jays for like a year and a half, two years, the Orioles for two years, 
and then and then the Expos, Twins, and Nationals each for one year. So the guy was uh, he didn't play that long. He only played for eleven years, but he managed to he managed to play on six different uh, teams during that time. Yeah, yeah, it's um, yeah. We we named the top two at least. Um, but and I actually think the time the one time that I went to Sky Dome to see a, a game, I'm pretty sure it was in the year two thousand. So I must have seen Tony Batista in that game and in the midst of his career year. So uh, <laughs> I, I guess not enough to to stand out in my memory. But. Yeah, and uh, yeah, one more thing about him: uh, the guy did not like to walk. He went up there to he went up there to hit um, 664 plate appearances in 2000. He only walked 35 times, um, and that was uh, that was pretty common for the whole rest of his career. Uh, yeah. 2003 with Baltimore, 670 plate appearances, only 28 walks. So yeah, this guy did uh, uh, not he. Bad on base percentage, only two ninety nine, um, and he did. Yeah, he did not like to take his walks. He went up there hacking. Yeah, that's that's pretty ugly. Um, <clears throat> well, yeah, you knew what you were getting there with uh, old Tony B. Um, <laughs> Who do you got, Jeremy? Yeah, so my guy is Nafi Perez. Oh, I remember Nafi Perez. Yeah, yeah, he was on the uh, he was on the Rockies for a while, right? Yeah, so Rockies. He was on the Cubs too. Um, okay, and um, he was one of Dusty's guys, I think. Um, like, and by that I mean like just a fucking bum who Dusty trotted out there as much as possible. <laughs> like, he would be like the first guy off the bench to pinch hit if he wasn't in the starting rotation or in the starting lineup, and um, just just a weird, just like a, a a short middle infielder who like made no sense to like stick around as long as he did. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of like the. I feel like he's a notable guy for some reasons. I think, oh, actually, you know what it is? Is like, could it have been in 1999? Um, or let me look at his numbers here. Um, it might have been in 99 um, when the Cubs, like, made it to the one-game playoff. Or was that 98 now? I'm, I'm, I'm blanking. Um, but uh, I guess it was... 98 i guess mm-hmm. i feel like it was 98 yeah i think he got like some kind of hit to like beat the the giants to force like the one game playoff or something so like in the sense there like he's like a beloved he like helped the cubs out that year um like from a distance but then he eventually like went he came to the cubs in the 04 and 05 seasons and part of 06 <coughs> excuse me um one thing that i remember nafi perez for was uh bunting uh, to end the game, uh, he, like, <laughs> he did. He did like a like a sacrifice bunt, or so. it was like the most ill-advised bunt. Like I think the tying run was at third base or something, and there were two outs, and he like bunted or something. Jesus! And like, and like he might have even missed, and like like bunted with two strikes or something, and like struck out or something. It was pretty pathetic. Um, and uh, I I was at that game, and I was just like dumbfounded i'm like what the what the hell just happened here um and like it was like totally uh um uh like it killed the momentum you know like i mean obviously it very much killed the momentum because it ended the game but um it was just like we were in the driver's seat and then next thing you know um the game's over uh so and it wasn't it was on like a non-play um so uh so that's what i remember nafi prez for um, I also called in my, in some of my early days of coming up with nicknames, uh, I dubbed, uh, Nick, I, I gave Nafi Prez the nickname old Nafi. 
<laughs> um, which I was pretty pretty happy about. One of my yeah, old, that's yeah, good. Uh, yeah, and um, so and you know, just trying to do some research on Navy Prez, I'm I'm looking, and it turns out he was the first player banned for uh, for um, taking uh, stimulants. For really? Taking, yeah. Um, like when they put that rule into effect, I guess it was back in 2007 that they did that. Um, okay. He was, uh, yeah, he was, the, he was the first one, uh, suspended like under the official, like for, he does a positive for amphetamines basically like, uh, which are like the greenies or this, the, you know, whatever the somehow somewhat, f- um, acceptable form of, you know, speed that the players were taking. Mm-hmm. And, um, his quote here, uh, <laughs> it's kind of funny. Uh, to read, he was a member of the Tigers at the time, I guess when when it happened. Um, but he gave a, a statement about it, and he said, "I say to my fans that I am not stupid. I know the difference between good and bad, and there are things that are going to be known going forward. But my lawyer has advised me not to talk for now." <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's just like, listen, I'm very vehement about my innocence, but my lawyer told me not to say anything. So goodbye. It's like, okay, okay, <laughs> Nafi. Um, so, so yeah, he, you know, someone had to be the first one to, to test positive for, or, uh, you know, to get banned for, for amphetamines. So there you go. That's Nafi Perez. And I don't, again, I don't think it's, I don't know if it's worth running down his numbers. Um, you know, let's just all remember him as old Nafi and, uh, uh but- all right. Yeah. I, I like it, Jeremy. I do like that Nafi Perez had to say like, all right, you know, I need to address all my fans here. Like who? Who are the fans who are waiting on pins and needles for Nafi Nafi Perez to like you know address this? You know, yeah. like I, I don't think he need to. He didn't need to say anything. Nobody, nobody would have cared. No, no. He's like, I must address. Yeah, I must address this. Like, I can't run and hide from this. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I will say, Jeremy, one thing about his baseball reference here. Uh, Nineteen ninety-eight. Uh, he he led the major leagues in sacrifice hits with twenty-two. So, uh, you know, by the time he was on that cu- the Cubs, maybe he was trying to relive a little bit of that glory. Yeah, maybe. He's like, hey, I'm the sacrifice hit guy. <laughs> Just get me in a situation uh, with, a, with the tying run at, fir- at third base and, and two outs. Um, but, uh, but yeah. So, um, uh, all right. So, Na- yeah, Napy Perez. All right. Well, Jeremy, uh, uh, Theo Epstein uh, stepped away from the, the Cubs. Um, uh, I think it was yesterday that that happened, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah, you, so that's pretty big news. Yeah, Jack, damn it. Like we, you talked last week about not having a segue out of, um, you know, these, these opening intros. Like I was going to say, like, you know, hearkening back to a more pathetic time with the Cubs, um, <laughs> the news, which may, uh, you know, portend that there is a, uh, another dark, time on the horizon theo epstein has uh stepped down from the cubs yeah um there yeah. you go that's a that's a that's a hell of a segue um <laughs> I, you know i i don't know if it's uh you know necessarily true that they're gonna be a bad team going forward uh i mean they still have uh you know some good pieces but you you texted me yesterday jeremy you said it's kind of a sad end of the 2016 team Mm -hmm. um yeah it really does feel like they're kind of starting to admit that maybe the window with the current crop of guys is closed but uh i I mean you know i feel like they still have one more year with all these guys where they could really try to go for it um yeah it's i mean i think like the the doom and gloom like you know it doesn't take much for the 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 doom and gloom of cubs fans to kind of turn on you know and so um it's like I mean, they're talking about non-tendering Kyle Schwarber, 
And it's like, mm-hmm. if that's the case, then like, I mean, that's really the, the signal of, of the end. Like they'll, um, you know, they've been talking about trading Chris Bryan for a couple of years now. seems like they can't wait to trade him. Um, and it's like, yeah, it's, it's pretty sad um, that, that, that this could happen. It, it hasn't happened yet. And, you know, and they, they, they do still have the same core, like the same guys, they're the same guys from last year. Um, I, I think it's weird in general to think like if they are going to actually kind of like rebuild or whatever, it's like, are they doing this based off of the outcome of a 60 game season? Like, <laughs> like, you know, they, they, they started off good. They made the playoffs. It's like, who knows what would have happened if the season was 162 games, like they might've figured it out. Um, so it's kind of like, it would be a weird time to decide to start rebuilding, I guess. But, um, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, you know, it's like, I feel like Theo Epstein was kind of like that guy who was there, who we were always like, you know, you always were like, all right, Madden, you know, is gone. Um, uh, but you know, Theo Epstein is still there and he's really the one who like built the, the championship team and everything. And, uh, you know, and and then you know he was kind of like that safety blanket or like that like he was like the mom figure. It's like you could always go back home to mom or something, <laughs> and uh, and like yeah. So now he's gone. I mean, it's nice that that Jed is staying back because if you really want mi- to like parse it down, like it's kind of the same thing. Um, <laughs> if right. Jed is there, you know, so um, so there's that I suppose. But um, yeah, you know, you kind of like I felt good having Theo. Epstein on the team, like on the, on the staff, but you know, there, you can't overlook the fact that he's had a bad track record with signing free agents. So I don't know. Yeah. I, I was just about to say, Jeremy, I mean, uh, you know, the- Theo Epstein, I, I, you know, he brought a ring to Chicago in 2016 so that, you know, that he'll always have that, but he's not, he's not infallible by any means. Um, the Hayward signing was terrible. Uh, the Quintana trade, was atrocious, um, yeah. you know, and those are, I mean, those are the first two off the top of, you know, off the top of my head there, but those are two really, really bad ones. The yeah, Quintana yeah. one especially was awful. Um, yeah. uh, you know, they, they hit on a lot of good, uh, a lot of good prospects. The Bryant drafting him was obviously a home run. Uh, getting Rizzo, um, that was obviously a steal. Um, he was kind of always Epstein's guy. Um, but, uh, you know, like Baez was, uh, Baez was the previous regime's guy, right? Yep, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. Yeah, Jim uh, Hendry drafted him. Yeah, he was, he was a Jim Hendry guy. Um, wasn't Kyle Hendricks, wasn't he even part of a, uh, didn't he come in a Jim Hendry trade? Or was that, uh, was that an Epstein trade? Oh, Probably. man. I think that might have been an Epstein trade. Yeah, but, uh... I think you're right, too. I'm just trying too hard to discredit Theo Epstein <laughs> here. But, sure. uh, but, um... You know, uh, I think everybody saw this coming, though, eventually. You know, yes, Theo Epstein yeah. had been he had been alluding for a long time that he didn't want to be on the Cubs any more than 10 years. And I'll, I'll give the guy credit for uh, for walking away from... He walked away from $10 million, you know? There's a lot yeah. of people who could use that money uh, during this pandemic. But, uh, yeah. you know, he just walked away from it. Um, one thing I heard, too, was that, uh, you know, he might have done that because like the Ricketts were being shitty about like laying off people. So like, you know, Theo Epstein resigning, like, you know, frees up $10 million for them to play, uh, pay other different employees or keep Mm -hmm. people on. Mm -hmm. Not that the Ricketts would do that anyway, but, um, so, you know, that's cool. Um, it's cool that he stepped down and, you know, gave Jed Hoyer the chance to make all these decisions with these, with the Cubs, like, you know, the core that's still there. Like, is he going to resign them? Is he going to non-tender people or trade people? Like, He's letting Jed Hoyer make those decisions instead of leaving Jed Hoyer holding the bag of shit that could be, 
you know, that could be the Cubs in, in two, two or three years if they, you know, if things, you know, f- turn out bad. Uh, so, yeah, I, I'm going to I'll give the guy credit. Um, you know, he, he came to Chicago to win a World Series. He did that. He made some bad moves. Uh, he probably made more good ones. Uh, and, you know, he can he can basically go wherever he wants to next. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. And like they're you know, they're saying like, you know, the, the Mets and the and the Phillies both have openings. But um, Theo and, said, yeah, he said that he was going to take this year off. But I don't know. Yeah. And I, I wanted to comment on that, too. Uh, the Phillies thing isn't even worth worth entertaining. No. Um, except for, except for I will say, Jeremy, one thing regarding the Phillies is that like after they won the World Series, like that they re-signed a lot of those guys. I think like Utley, Rollins, Howard, those guys were on the team forever. And, um, I mean, you know, the same thing could have happened with the Cubs if they would have, like, signed all those 2016 guys to, like, real long-term deals. Um, you know, in a few years, you just have an, an old team that can't win anymore, like the Phillies. Um, mm-hmm. I, I feel like the Phillies got old a lot faster than, you know, the Cubs The Cubs did. They won that World Series while those guys were all still really young. But, anyway, the, Philly, the Phillies job, in my opinion, isn't even worth talking about but the Mets one I wanted to comment on because now that the Mets have a new owner who's like the richest owner in the MLB mm-hmm. or at least one of them um like I've, I've been reading Mets stuff on the internet like from Mets fans and there's just like there's too much hubris right now with with Mets fans like they they legitimately thought that they would have a chance at getting Theo Epstein it's like he's not gonna <laughs> he's not gonna walk away from the Cubs and 10 million dollars uh to to come to come you know to come be the GM or the president of baseball operations for the Mets. Like, he's not going to make a lateral move like that. Um, you know, if anything, like, look at his job history. Like, he takes, he takes franchises that haven't won anything and are in, like, a terrible state, and he builds them up, and, you know, it's, it's like the challenge of getting to the World Series. He would essentially just be, uh, you know, writing checks from uh, Steve Cohen, who's the, the, Mets, uh, the Mets owner. Did you not just describe though a, a similar situation? Aren't the Mets like the most doomed like scenario in <laughs> baseball right now? Yes, that's that's true. They are their their drought, uh, their World Series drought. I don't think is is quite as long as uh, either the Cubs or the Red Sox was. But yes, they are probably the most doomed franchise right now. But They're, still, like he's yeah. not gonna he's not gonna go uh, he's not gonna he's not gonna go to the Mets. Like these Mets, you know, these Mets fans are are crazy. To think that they were also pissed off because the Mets tried to interview David Stearns and the Brewers, the Brewers blocked it. Um, mm-hmm. I would have said, I would have said, have at it. Yeah, well, inter- interview David Stearns. <laughs> you know, that guy's just like, you know, his strategy the past couple of years has just been like, yeah, let's just pick some guys up off the scrap heap and like uh, and like call it a, call it a lineup. You know, um, yeah. I mean, Stearns is another guy. Like, hey, he's gotten to the Brewers to you know, uh, you know, two, three straight postseasons i'm gonna say two because they didn't deserve 2020 but you know <laughs> he got him to he got him to two straight postseasons and now now they're like you know people are saying that he's a god in milwaukee i, I you know like hey you know he's, he's done some good but like let's uh let, let you know let's pump the brakes on that a little bit but anyway mets fans were also mets fans were also like you know kind of pissed off that they didn't get to interview david stern so uh, whoever they end up with you know as their gm like you know they they need to cool it a little bit i think <laughs> well, Jack, I like I like that we went from Theo Epstein to the Mets to to your your Brewers rant. Um, this, <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I mean, we, we you picked a you picked a tough time to go on a Brewers rant because we have no, uh, you know, current over under picks. So that one <laughs> that one's right. going to just kind of fall into oblivion. But um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, 
okay, the thing about <clears throat> Epstein and the Mets is it all depends on how like um like how much mojo Theo Epstein is feeling because if he really like gets off on going to these like doomed franchises and turning them around uh then I think the Mets there's no more enticing job than the Mets. Um sure they've been in the World Series, but they're like the most I I mean they're the most <clears throat> maybe dysfunctional and pathetic major market team I would say that's out there like maybe you want to talk about the Angels or something but like you know I mean I I or the I guess the White well, Sox Well I was but, going to say I've long said that the Mets are the White Sox of the National League Well that for sure yeah definitely that um so yeah let, let's break it up let's be fair and break it off into uh division or like uh you know leagues so we can um we can have two of them, uh, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, like I mean, the Mets situation is just pathetic. Like it's always pathetic, and um, you know, and we we're gonna talk about Robinson Cano here, which uh, news just broke today. But um, so if Theo Epstein really wants to like really wants to stack the the deck against him, he'll take the Mets job. But um, you know, I don't know. Uh, I don't see why he would want to. Like, no. why would you want to do that to yourself at this point? Unless you really want to live in New York City, which maybe you want to do that. So I don't know. Well, I mean, um, he doesn't have anything left to prove as a GM or a president of baseball operations. He's got nothing left to prove. So unless he just really likes doing that job, and he probably does. He's been doing it for 20 years. uh, There's no reason for him to make that move. They say the next move for him is going to be uh, as part of an ownership group. So I guess he's going to follow in the mold of, like, Derek Jeter. But, uh, you know, I don't know, man. Who knows? Maybe, maybe he could become the GM of the Bears and get, get them to win a Super Bowl. I mean, that would be, that would be a real challenge, Jeremy. Yeah, he could, cha- he could uh, tra- change uh, sports. Like, uh, I don't even know if people know about John McDonough, like, nationwide, but John McDonough was, like, the head of marketing for the Cubs or something, and then he became the Blackhawks GM or whatever. Uh-huh. It's, like, a weird move. I, I, I don't understand. It seems like only that's only, like, a Jerry Reinsdorf type of thing uh, that, that would happen. <laughs> Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't know like, um, how that all works out, but yeah, uh, I mean, I wonder, Jeremy, has there ever been like a general manager in the history of sports who's, uh, you know, who's won both a world series and a super bowl? I, I doubt it. Yeah. I don't think like it kind of transfers over like that too often. No, Um, it, it doesn't. And right, rightfully so too, because, uh, you know, I mean, two completely different sports to, you know. The scouting, whatever, you know, completely different. But, hey, man, I think that could be Theo Epstein's next challenge, like GM of an <laughs> NFL team or an NBA team. Why not try to win a championship in every major sport? Yeah, for sure. Well, the Bears and the, and the Browns are the, are the Mets and the White Sox of the NFL. So there, <laughs> so there you go. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, so, like, so speaking on, of the Mets, too, like, yeah, Robinson Cano tested positive. Again, for like a banned substance for I, I didn't even read exactly what it was, but steroids, whatever. And so he's banned for the whole year. Oh, man. You know, you know what? We should have we should have done Cano first and then Epstein because you would have had a really good segue out of the Napy Perez thing with like, well, speaking of guys who failed drug tests, um, we can talk about Robinson Cano. Yeah, this is a, what a what a dope, Jeremy. So Robinson Cano is first of all, Mets fans are happy about this one. Yeah. Because like they don't, that means Robinson Cano isn't going to be on the team, and they're going to save twenty four million in payroll because he just has to forfeit his entire uh, salary for twenty twenty, uh, for twenty twenty one. But that sucks for Robinson Cano because that's a ton of money twenty four million dollars uh, down the drain for him, um, which is uh, yeah, which is which is horrible. Uh, but yeah, he's he's like the new Marlon Bird. He should just retire. <laughs> 
Well, the thing too is like, I mean, it did, it didn't help him at all, did it? Like he did he do anything like in twenty twenty? Like did he have any sort of like eyebrow raising numbers or anything? Well, like, I mean, he hit three sixteen, but um, okay. I mean, he's usually pretty close to three hundred anyway. I mean, yeah, looking at his career numbers, he's a. If it weren't, if it he hadn't been busted for steroids, which is a you know, if hey, if if COVID nineteen hadn't hadn't happened to the world, um, like you know that there's a lot of ifs there. Uh, but you know he's a, he's a career three oh three hitter, um, and he's he's got over twenty six hundred hits. He's not going to get three thousand at this point, um, but you know he's gonna he's gonna end up pretty close to that for his career. So for you know for a guy who played second base, his offensive numbers are really good. He would have been a he would have been a borderline Hall of Fame case, especially oh, yeah. with those. Well, he he would have been in the Hall of Fame, I think. Yeah. You know because he would have he would have played long enough to get three thousand hits. So yeah, you're you're looking at a guy who literally pissed away a Hall of Fame career because of uh, because of steroids. Yeah, I guess to his credit, he, after the first steroid uh, charge, he wasn't going to make the Hall of Fame. So why not why not keep why not stay on? Him? <laughs> um, so so yeah, I, I don't know, man. It doesn't it doesn't make sense. I mean that trade that trade talking talking about bad trades like that that uh, trade that the Mets did to to get Cano. Um, is ridiculous and it still hasn't even come to bite them in the ass fully uh but jared kalanick will uh probably debut next year in the major leagues and it'll be another um reminder like when when kalanick is tearing it up for the the mariners uh next year they can remind people that he was traded uh for uh, robinson cano so that'll be a fun reminder yeah wasn't uh brody van wagenen wasn't he like cano's former agent yeah, right, with like yeah, with the Jay Z uh agency or whatever. Rocky. Right, or right. Um yeah, well, I thought you were talking about Jack Duriensic. Um no, with but yeah, with the uh the the Jay Z uh the Jay Z agency. So like, you know, Brody Van Wagen became eventually became GM of the New York Mets and traded for Robinson Cano, which is a little a little weird. But um yeah, yeah that's that's a horrible trade, Jeremy. Um, and you know, but Robinson Cano probably, uh, will not retire. Cause I think he's got one more year on his contract after 2021 at $24 million. Uh, so yeah, no, no reason for that to get that guy to walk away from that kind of money. Well, he can, um, he can either hang out with Johannes Cespedes next year, or he can try to coax him back so they can both be on the, the 2022 New York <laughs> Mets, which would general general managed, uh, by, uh, Theo Epstein. So that'll be fun. <laughs> um, so Jeremy, uh, uh, at least one guy in the Cubs got an MVP vote this year. Yeah, um, Ryan Tapera. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of a that's a funny story. So Ryan Ryan uh, Tapera got um, a, a a lone National League MVP vote, um, and uh, yeah. It, uh, news alert! It was an accident. <laughs> um, it's it. Hey, you know, it's on his baseball reference right now too, uh, which is awesome. Oh, it says, uh, yeah, it says MVP eighteenth. Oh my god, that's uh, oh, yeah. that's that is that's hilarious. Uh, yeah, his, yeah, his you numbers. Can't take that away from him. No, you can't. His numbers for the uh, the year, Jeremy, was zero and one with a three ninety two ERA and twenty one appearances and twenty and two thirds innings pitched. He struck out uh, 31 and walked 12, and he finished 18th in the MVP voting. <laughs> uh, you know, l- looking strictly at that, I guess you would you would imagine that it was a lean year for like guys having uh, good seasons. But um, right, yeah, very strange. Yeah, 2020, I guess, rears its ugly head again. Um, so it turns out that uh, the, that guy was trying to vote for Trey Turner, I guess. 
Yeah, um, and like there's a drop down menu, and he just yes. selected the wrong guy. Which makes me wonder, like, what the fuck? Are, what what are they? What like what platform are they using to? Yeah, what to kind like, of software is this? You yeah, know exactly. Like, uh, you know, Jack, for my job, I'm trying to create a um, a PDF with a fillable form, and I was like messing around on JotForm uh, last night. Uh, I'm like. I think the thing that I made last night must be more sophisticated than the MLB uh, voting uh, ballot, uh, online voting ballot, because, uh, you know, my, my form, you know, looks pretty good probably compared to what this thing looked like. Um, so uh, it's, it's, it's weird um, that that happened. Um, but Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, you would that. think, Jeremy, there, there would at least be like, I mean, maybe the guy didn't double check what his answers were, but you, you would think there would at least be something where it asked you like, you know, after you submitted, you know, if they asked you, like, are you sure that these are your answers? Like, you know, or <laughs> yeah, yeah, something yeah. like that. Like, you know, what did he just like, uh, you know, once once he did the drop down thing, it's like, that's it. You can't go back or anything. Um, yeah. yeah. So and you would think, you know, they would account for some room for human error where it's like he submitted his stuff and then he could call the MLB offices or whoever <laughs> does this and be like, hey, just just so you know, I just I screwed <laughs> something up. I actually meant Trey Turner. Can you just switch this, please? Or um, or some like dopey intern could be like, um, did this guy really mean to vote for Ryan Tapera? Like, I better call he, him up. Yeah, yeah. You know, they could call him up and, and verify it. You know, but instead, yeah. uh, instead, no. Like, the, apparently, uh, you know, the system is uh, it's certainly not idiot proof, and <laughs> and you know, Ryan Tapera ended up with that. I don't know if uh, the they got they got Ryan Tapera's thoughts on it. I'm looking at the SI. Uh, the SI Sports oh. Illustrated article here, and uh, yeah, you know he had a, there he had a quote. I think he said he's like, "Hey, I'll take it anyway. I can get something like that." He had kind of a <laughs> funny response to it. I think mm-hmm. if I remember correctly. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's like the other thing that I'm thinking about is like, okay, so if it is a drop down menu, does that mean if you want to vote for like, uh, I mean, who's like a guy with the last name Z? Like, I'm thinking of Ben Zobris, but he's he wasn't active this year, but. Whatever. So, like, if you're trying to vote for Ben Zobris, does that mean you have to, like, go down the whole, like, drop-down menu? Like, keep scrolling down it until you get to Z? Like, I mean, maybe you can, like, type the first couple letters or something. Um, But it's like when you fill out a form, like, when you're ordering something online and you have to pick United States and it's not the one at the top. And then you have to go through, like, all the countries to get to the United States. Like, this thing sounds, you know, not to harp on this ballot, but it sounds like a nightmare. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's 700 guys in the, uh, yeah. you know, the, the MLB. Like, you know, I've, I've never seen a drop-down drop menu have 700 choices on it. Like, you know, they, they say, uh, you know, they said that this sports writer who did this was 74. But it's like, I don't care if he's like 74 or 24. It's like, you know, we don't need to throw the guy under the bus because of his age. I think yeah. that there was a, it was a broken system. Yeah, he was set up, he was, he was set up to fail. He um, was. Yeah, so that's funny, Jack. I would, you know, what would be really cool, and I'm I'm hesitant to say it on the on the uh, on the podcast here and give it away, but I would love to get Ryan Tapera's autograph and have him like inscribe it, like you know, uh, 18th place MV uh, 2020 NL MVP or something like that, or like, dude, uh, that would be awesome. Yeah, or NL MVP one vote or something like that would be that would be so cool to get that. Now, now if to- if Jeremy if Tops really had a sense of humor. They would have made a tops now card for this moment. Yeah. No. Oh, yeah. Totally. That would. Yeah. Absolutely. That would have been really cool. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, man. Well, we'll. Um, maybe we'll have to hang out. I don't even know if he's going to be on the team next year, but uh, you right. Know, we, we can hang out uh, by the players' uh, entrance by the parking lot and try to get him to to inscribe that to us. 
What, Jeremy, what, one, one more thing about Ryan Tapera. I am amazed that uh, this is his um, that sixth season in the MLB because I, uh, I, I, I think I had heard of the guy, but you know, also I feel like I've never heard of the guy. But he, he, pitched, he pitched five seasons in Toronto before this. So yeah. you know, he was I, an uh, anonymous guy. I just remember seeing him on that, that in that one game I saw in like 2018, I think against the uh, White Sox. Like he did pitch in that game, and I think okay, the, I think okay, yeah, the one the one where John Axford made his only career start. Exactly, yeah, that was a bullpen game, and if you know, in a bullpen game, uh, you're gonna get a Ryan Tapera probably, um, <laughs> not in a high leverage situation. Um, but uh, yeah, so a couple more news and notes before we get to this uh, Hall of Fame ballot for this year. Uh, another place where you know you could maybe put down a wrong name and make someone's day. Um, I guess to follow up on last week, Jack, uh, you cursed Tommy Lasorda. I know, man. It was all it was all my fault. He ended up in the hospital a couple of days ago, um, yeah. and I feel like it's because I mentioned him on our podcast. Yeah. Uh, you know, just digging up these old, you know, old Lasorda commercials. Uh, you know, next thing you know, he's in the hospital. Yeah, I mean. Uh... They, what? How ninety three? Did they say he is? Yeah, they said he was ninety three, but he was at so he was at game six. Um, God, you know, is, I, I don't. Yeah, what is What's he, he doing, doing there? What is he still doing going to these? I mean, I guess that's a pretty. I guess like it makes more sense for him to be there than it was at like that that Cubs Dodgers game that I was at. But like, is he like saying like is he? Is someone making him go? Like, are the Dodgers? Is the Dodgers organization making him go, or is he like saying like? Like, you know, like I picture him like at home with like his like grandkids who are like watching him and they're like, they're like, grandpa, you can't go to the game. You're too old. He's like, God damn it. I'm going to go to the game if I want to get me my <laughs> hat, get me my suitcase. I'm going to Dallas. And then, and then, you know, the grandkids are like, Dallas, like, what are you talking about? We're talking the Dodgers. Like, you know, they're not in that. They play in Los Angeles, Grandpa, not Dallas. And he's like, no, they're playing in a bubble. And like, okay, Grandpa, sure thing, right, right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, everything he's saying is is totally correct and sane, but no, but nobody believes him. No, he sounds um, senile, yeah, yeah. But uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't understand why they had this guy at Game Six, but also I'm sure he probably went on the field after uh, after the Dodgers won. Um, you know, I, I don't know that for sure, but I would assume that he was out on the field with the rest of the guys from the franchise or at least with COVID positive. Yeah. With COVID positive, Justin Turner out there, you know, breathing in everybody's face. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, non-suspended, non-disciplined Justin Turner. Right. Um, Right. Uh, and never will be. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So, uh, so I, I don't know if they said why Tommy Lasorda had been hospitalized. I mean, other than, you know, being 93 years old. Right. Um, but, uh, yeah, hopefully he, uh, you know, hopefully he pulls through. They'll fight for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hopefully he's getting some sensible meals in, uh, in, in the hospital, just like, just like what you need to eat at the end of a day after, after having two slim fasts. Um, <laughs> yeah. did you, Jeremy, did you ever see the, uh, uh, the, the, the clip of him uh, when he's taking Doug Rao out of that World Series game, I think it's in 1977. Yeah. Pretty yeah. good. Doug Doug Rao's like, you know, you know, he says he wants to stay in, and Tommy Lasorda's like, he's like, yeah, I don't give a fuck. That's four fucking hits you just gave up there. Like it's uh, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Is that the one? Or am I confusing it? There's, and I think it's. I could be totally conflating it with another one, but he's like, he's like, he's like, you know, how could you make that decision? He's like, 
God damn it. I made the decision. Like I'll, you know, it's my decision to make. And if it's the wrong one, it's my decision or something like yep. that. Yeah. That's, that's the same one. And yeah. like the, the first, the first thing you hear him say is like, uh, he's like, Jesus Christ almighty. The, you can't get the fucking left-handers out or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> and one of the guys is Lou Pinella. Uh, yeah. Oh. That Lou Pinella, he was playing for that Yankees team. His hair is, uh, his hair is black yeah. in that, uh, in that one. Um, yeah. So that, that, Yeah. That's it. Is that essentially what he says? He's like, God damn it, if it's a bad decision, it's my decision, right? Something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what he uh, that's what he says. And then like Davy Lopes gets in on it because like Doug Rowe didn't want to come out of the game. Like I think he was embarrassed because he started the game, but he lasted only about a, one and a third innings. Uh, <laughs> it's good stuff. Tommy Lasorda, like he he was uh, you know famous for uh, you know some of the best managerial blowups of all time. Yeah. So uh, you know let's uh, let's hope he pulls through. Yes. Um, Mike, Mike Clevenger is getting a second Tommy John surgery for the, for the Padres. Yeah. Is it his second one? Yeah. I think they said he had one in 2013. If I'm, uh, if I read that correctly. So I think this is yeah. the second TJ he's had. Um, uh, you know, that, that trade, uh, I mean, the, it's not like the Indians got a whole bunch of great guys in that trade, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that, that, that trade also hasn't played out super well for the Padres either. No, it goes back to what I said before, which is just like, they, why did they mess up the chemistry of the Padres by acquiring Mike Clevenger? It's like they didn't need him. Like, I mean, you know, any team could use him, I guess. But like that that team had like such like good chemistry and such like like a lot of homegrown guys um, or like maybe not even homegrown, but but young up and coming guys. And then to like add Mike Clevenger to the mix coming off of like the uh, the, um, you know, hot on the hot Saturday night out on the town, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, escapade or whatever that, uh, Clevenger was coming off of. It's like, why, why add that to the mix and kind of like taint things? And now, I mean, I guess, I guess the only thing you can say now is he's not going to be around the team next year because he'll be, uh, he'll be on the shelf, but, uh, they'll, they'll be paying for him, I guess. Yeah. Um, cause yeah, right, right before he had the surgery, they signed him in like a two year, 11.5 million extension or something like that. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, I, you know, maybe he'll be back in, in 2022. He's a good pitcher when he's, when he's healthy. Um, uh, but that's, you know, that's kind of a big if for them at this point. Uh, but you know, the Padres are one of the more exciting teams, uh, you know, them and the White Sox, I think are two teams with really exciting young cores. So, uh, hopefully the, at least, uh, you know, Donaldson Lamette maybe can bounce back a little bit and they'll, uh, you know, maybe they'll overtake the Dodgers, which I think we would all like to see. Yeah, especially yeah, that that would be nice. Um so uh okay, well, um yeah, the kind of like the the thing. Oh, I guess, you know, we didn't really talk about it, but like MVP Freddie Freeman, Jose Abreu, it's what we said last week. So, uh no really news big surprises there. Uh no. congratulations to them. Right, yeah. Uh congrats. Um Jose Abreu seems like a a nice guy. So, uh, uh you know, good for him for the White Sox to get to get something, I guess anyway. Um, <laughs> that's the most <laughs> apathetic recap of two MVP winners in the history of baseball and analysis. So yeah, definitely, yeah. So very good, folks. Um, yeah. All right, so uh, uh, let's let's go to the Hall of Fame ballot here, uh, yeah. Jeremy. Um, so there's 25 guys on this year's Hall of Fame ballot, including it looks like 10 uh, 10 new guys who've uh, who've never been on there before. Um, obviously, those aren't the only guys who would be retired and eligible for the ballot. Uh, so yeah, I don't I don't really know what the uh, what the selection process is for actually putting guys on the ballot. Jeremy, is it just sort of a uh, something where like they'll give you know 
they'll give a guy a nod for like a decent career and put him on there. Uh, how do how do they do that? Oh, you mean like what's their selection? Yeah, uh, yeah. Like why why does why does one guy get put on a Hall of Fame ballot uh, as opposed to another guy? Oh, you know to what be I'm saying? Literally put on the ballot. Um, you have to have X amount of service time, and then right, that's it's it. got ten years. It's ten years, right? Yeah, Is it ten I, years of service time? Okay, that sounds about right. But I think that's it. Like so, I think that like. Um, you know, like whoever retired uh, five years ago or whatever is 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 on the ballot. And so, like this year, like um, the names are all relatively notable, I guess. Um, but you know, you'll get some years where it's like uh, just some like random dude who hung around, like you know, like an Adam Kennedy or something was made, was probably on the Hall of Fame ballot. Like, you know, sure, you know, just well, like, that- guys like that. That makes sense then. So that's uh, so, okay. So it's like any anybody who happened to hang around for like ten years gets on the ballot. In a um, way, in a way, it's kind of a weird like look to see like what guys like qualified for that because yeah, it's like yeah, uh, you know, there, there's there's some guys on here who like would never be in the conversation for for uh, Hall of Fame, but uh, they're on the ballot like just because I think so. Right. Um, well, yeah, let's, let's start with, uh, the, the bottom, the bottom of the ballot and work our way up. Yeah. Um, so, uh, his first year on the ballot, uh, Michael Kadire is mm-hmm. on there, Jeremy. It'd be funny, kind of funny to get like predictions of, of how much, how many votes the guys, guys are going to get. But yeah, Michael Kadire, uh, he's not going to get any votes. I don't think. I, I mean, the thing is, you know, there's always the wild card of like the local beat writers, uh, voting for him. Like someone... I don't know, Jack. I I could see maybe him getting like a vote from like a Twins beat writer or something. <laughs> um, yeah, maybe he did yeah. have one season where he drove in over a hundred runs, which is kind of cool. Had a season where he hit thirty-two homers. So yeah, he was an. I mean, he was an okay player. Yeah, but certainly not a Hall of Famer. Not even a Hall of the very good. No, um, no. Yeah. So uh, no, not gonna happen. Um, He's a guy who went gray pretty early, I, I noticed. Uh, oh, did he? Yeah, I feel like he had like kind of like grayish hair uh, for like the second half of his career. Uh, that's about the most notable thing I can think of for Michael Kadire. <laughs> but um, um, yeah. Latroy yeah. Hawkins is next. Latroy, I can do your job. You can't do my job, Hawkins. Is that what um, he said to the uh, the Chicago media? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was um, a He was a dusty guy too, wasn't he? Absolutely. He also was part of like um, the whole. I don't know if he was. He was definitely part of like the meltdown of like definitely 2004 and just like he was like the face of like failure and like um, righteous indignation of like <laughs> of being bad, but like blaming it on somebody else, which is a, a you know, it's a culture that Dusty cultivated, uh, just <laughs> spreading the blame elsewhere. And uh, yeah, Latroy Hawkins was like the, the the poster child of that, I would say. Sure. Um, also a former twin. Yes, he was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> two two former twins on this. He was on the Twins for a long time, and then he just kind of bounced around for a while. He was also on the Brewers too, which I yeah don't really remember. But uh, yeah, he was definitely on them. He was on a 2011 team too, which made it to the NLCS. Um, God, that was a long time ago. Uh, but, um, yeah, he started off as a, as a starting pitcher. His career spanned from 1995 to, to 2015. So, you know, like it, it, it's weird, Jeremy, he, he, uh, you know, he started in a time where it was basically before, like before the internet and cell phones, basically, I mean, <laughs> yeah. the internet was around, but like not everybody was using it. You know, nobody had a cell phone in 1995, 
um, or it was like a, a novelty back then. Uh, you know, so we started in 95. Then in 2015, you know, we had like Instagram and, uh, you know, Twitter. And so like the, the world completely changed uh, during the time when LaTroy Hawkins was playing baseball, which is kind of kind of cool to cool to think about, you know, yeah, totally. These, these guys whose careers spanned like this this period of time. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, definitely not a Hall of Famer. That would be a joke if he even got one Hall of Fame vote. Uh, his yeah. career ERA, uh, especially for a guy who spent most of his career uh, out of the pen, was 4.31. Like, and, and it's weird. I never thought of LaTroy Hawkins as being that bad, but uh, that, is a, that is a very high ERA. Yeah, that's surprising. Um, I don't know, because, yeah, like the, his numbers with the Twins, uh, maybe even the year before he came to the Cubs, um, I think he had like a sub-2 ERA maybe, right? Something like that. Uh, yes, he did. Uh, yeah, out of yeah. the out of the pen, he had a sub two ERA. But his first his first couple years as a starter, he was really bad, and he really got hit around. Um, you know, he had a, a he like his first his first uh, five years in the league, he never had an ERA under five, uh, yeah. which is which is pretty bad. Um, he just he just did not work out as a starter. I'm surprised I'm surprised they didn't give up on him. I you know they kept running him out there. In 1999, he was 10 and 14 with a 6.66 ERA and 33 Ooh. starts. That doesn't make yeah. any sense. Um, Satan's favorite ERA. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that's true. That's cursed. Uh, yeah, he gave up 129 earned runs that year and 174 in a third innings. Um, will, yeah, so I will say it's it's like kind of crazy to think about Latroy Hawkins as a starter. Like, and what's actually kind of weird, I'm looking at his numbers now. Like, he had. He's, he started six games. He appeared and started in six games in 1995 in his rookie year for the Twins. And one of those was a complete game, but he also had an 867 ERA. Like, that's wild. Yeah, yeah. He really, he must have gotten shelled in, like, all of his other games. But it, it doesn't say he's through a shutout, so maybe they were just like, yeah, we don't want to waste any bullpen guys. Just, like, go out there and, you know, just yeah. keep pitching. Just out of curiosity here, I pulled up his, his two, 1995 game log. It was his fifth of six appearances, uh, September 24th, against the White Sox, of course, <laughs> um, through a, a five-hit, three-run uh, complete game, four strikeouts, no walks. Wow. Um, 98 wow. pitches. 98 pitches? Yeah. Wow, so his, his pitch count was good. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, he only pitched 27 innings that year, so that was, like, that was a third of the, the innings he pitched all year. Um, uh, it's also also pretty awesome. Yeah, man, his first his major league debut, he uh, he started, lasted one and two thirds innings, gave up seven runs on seven hits. Oof! Only one homer though, um, and he hit a guy. Um, but but yeah, it's also funny. This is interesting. His ninety five. We should dissect every game of his nineteen ninety five career uh, <laughs> of season. But um, after that complete game, he went from a 10.91 ERA to an 8.03 ERA. So that's pretty wow. crazy. Wow, wow, yeah. Uh, a 10, wow, 10.91 ERA. Jesus. Um, <laughs> all right, so Latroy, Latroy Hawkins. Uh, uh, so, yeah, not, he does not have my Hall of Fame vote, Jeremy. Um, no, we Nick's, spent way too much time talking about <laughs> We did, but I, I liked it. Um, Nick Swisher, Nicky the Swish, uh, a man who's come – comes up frequently on our podcast, Jeremy. We saw this. We saw this motherfucker hit his last two home runs. Hit his last two major league home runs. Nick Swisher, and now he's on the now he's on the Hall of Fame ballot. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, Nicky the Swish. Um, he of the uh, you know the dyed the bleach blonde uh, hair. Uh, the 
what was it? I, I always forget what it's called. It's like the the Funky Cat Salon or whatever. Yeah, the, the the Dirty Cat Salon. Dirty Cat Salon. That's it with Toby that Hall. Was, yeah, to, it was like Toby Hall. Bobby Jenks was a part of that, wasn't yeah. he? And AJ Pierzynski. Yeah, uh, might have gotten in on that too. That was a that was dumb. And he was only on the White Sox for for one year. I mean, it seemed like he was on the White Sox for a lot longer than that, but it was just one season, two thousand eight. Yeah, it um, felt like an eternity, I guess. But um. Did we talk on the podcast about Ozzie Guillen's comments about Nick Swisher? I don't think we did. Yeah, Ozzie Guillen said that he hated Nick Swisher with his whole heart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nick Swisher, I hate him with my whole heart. Like, yeah, it was. Uh, um, it's 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 a great like two minutes of video or however long it is. Um. Yeah. Uh. Um. So. So. Yeah. He did not get along with, and I, I think he he said that he he wished he could have batted Nick Swisher tenth or something <laughs> like that. Like he just yeah. he just did not and yeah Swisher had a terrible year that year too for the Sox and 153 games played he hit 219 um, so he was just he was awful he he did hit 24 home runs um, and you know he pretty consistently hit 20 homers throughout his career uh, but uh, yeah um, well I will say this Ozzie Guillen says a lot of things uh, after the after the season he said uh, he was talking about managerial jobs and he said no offense to the other managers out there but I'm better than you and by a lot. <laughs> uh, so that's, you know, that's where Ozzy Guillen is coming from. But yeah, uh, yeah, Nick Swisher, career 249 hitter, 245 home runs. Although, Jeremy, he did have an impressive run. I'm going to count this here now. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Yeah, nine seasons of 20 or more home runs in a row. So, you know, he had that going for him. Yeah, um, I, you know, I don't know. I think it's like, it would be interesting to, to think what Nick Swisher, uh, how he would be thought of if he wasn't so goddamn annoying, like Ozzy Guillen is a, is like an irascible kind of guy, but like he, um, he's not alone in disliking Nick Swisher. Like, I don't think anyone ever liked Nick Swisher, except for maybe those guys in the dirty cat salon. Um, like I don't think anyone ever liked him at any stops that he went. And so like, maybe he would be held in higher regards if, if he wasn't so fucking annoying. No. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I will say, Jeremy, did I ever tell you about the guy we were, we were at a bar one time and uh, like I ran into a like a guy like who like who, a, this guy spoke to me and he reminded me of Nick Swisher. Did I ever tell you that story? <laughs> I don't, maybe sounds. I think I have, but it, it's you know it's it's good enough. So we'll we'll uh, we'll recount it on the podcast. So like I, I had gotten up to go to the bathroom and um, like you know it was it was one of those like one person bathrooms where they had like a, they just all they had was a there was like a toilet and a sink and whatever and only one person could go in at a time. And so the door was locked, somebody was going, and then there was a guy standing out there like to be next in line. And so I, I stood behind this guy. And then, uh, so whatever, the person who was in the bathroom, like, you know, uh, goes, goes out. And then the guy who was in front of me, he like gestured, he gestured to me and he's like, get in there, man. I'm about to lock this bitch so I can shit. So like, uh, he, um, like he wanted me to go first cause like he was about to, I guess, take a dump in this bathroom. But that just sounded to me like that always struck me as something like Nick, Nick Swisher would probably say to somebody, you know, yes, or just yeah. like, yeah, yeah. Get in there, man. You know? Um, cause like I've seen him do commentaries too, where he's like, you know, Manny Machado hits a home run and he's like, yeah, he's got those Skittles in his shoes, bro. Um, <laughs> so it's like, what, you know, this guy is just, a. Like a wannabe, uh, you know, he's just annoying. He's like he's like a he's like a, a Adam Devine from Workaholics or something like that. Do you ever if you ever watch Workaholics, Jeremy? 
Um, I've I've never actually watched the show, but I feel like I've uh, I'm familiar with all three of the guys on there, like their personalities sure. and stuff. Um, well, yeah, Adam Devine would definitely play Nick Swisher in the in the movie of Nick Swisher's life. Actually, that'd be good casting. But Nick Swisher <laughs> does not have my hall of F- he does not have my hall of fame vote, Jeremy. No, no, um, no. <laughs> all right. Um, yeah, AJ Burnett. Yeah, I was gonna say we're coming up em- coming up empty on these new these new guys on this ballot. This is a bunch of shit so far. Well, if uh, you're listening, don't hold your breath on the rest of the ballot either. But <laughs> not to spoiler alert anything, but yeah, AJ Burnett, Jeremy. Uh, no way. Uh, the guy's got a three night. He was just kind of an innings eater. You know, he was kind of like a another like Bronson Arroyo type of guy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, three ninety nine career ERA. Just always, always, uh, always seemed to pitch a lot of innings. Always like start over thirty games. In twenty fourteen, he had eighteen losses and thirty four starts for the Phillies. Um, yeah, just kind of a journeyman. Um, just not very good, Jeremy. I mean, like I don't know. I think he was like he was kind of like a, a maybe a hard thrower kind of guy. Like uh, maybe intimidating for a brief period of time. He's um he's a member of the O three Marlins that I've never that I never forgave. Like. I just never sure. liked him, um, and uh, I never got over like him being on that 03 Marlins. Um, I don't even think – I'm not even sure if he really shut the Cubs down in the NLCS that, that year, but uh, um, he just always reminds me of that. Two things about, Nick, uh, about A.J. Burnett, though. Number one, I went to a Pirates game um, in, like, 2015 maybe, mm-hmm. and they gave away a T-shirt that said, like, Burnett on the front in, like, the Batman logo. Uh-huh. I'm not really sure the connection there, like, because he's a pitcher. He wasn't a Batman. So, like, I don't know. But it was, like, I don't know. He might have a tattoo of that, like, in real life or something. Um, but so I have this shirt, like, uh, with this Burnett Batman logo on it uh, that's, like, you know, two sizes too big for me. Um, but uh, I got that as a free giveaway at a game. Uh, and the other thing about A.J. Burnett that I think about, um, the one thing that I did think was kind of funny and cool, but also, like, totally a douchey thing, uh, was did you ever see that video of him, like, with the truck? No. So there was um, a game. Uh, the video's online. Um, I guess at the Marlins uh, Park, um, in between innings, they would, like, drive around this truck, like, around the uh, the the dirt, you know, like the warning track. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I don't know if they were like selling the like advertising the truck or they were just doing it because like Billy Marlin or whatever his name is like is, is waving to the, the the fans, but I think he told his teammates he was going to do this. But he was warming up and the as the the truck was going behind uh, home plate, he threw the ball at the truck and broke the window, like just shattered the window. Um, oh wow! Yeah, and it's kind of funny. Like he just smashes this window of the truck with with the baseball. And uh, I, re- I seem to recall someone like maybe it was Kevin Millar telling the story about it or something. And he's like, yeah, he's like, he said, like, you know, hey, you know, when I go out, when I go out there, I'm going to I'm going to bust this window. Like, check this out. And like he goes up there and he's like throws a couple warm up pitches and the truck comes around psh, like break shatters the window. Jesus Christ. Was anybody uh, was there anybody inside the truck? Yeah, someone was driving it, but you know it's going like it's going like two miles per hour or something. So <laughs> it wasn't like it was going like crazy slow. So I don't think it was like dangerous. Although the guy could have freaked out and hit the gas pedal and like drove into the box seats or something. I suppose. Right. Um, but you don't think I don't think AJ Burnett was thinking that far ahead, right? I think he was just trying to be cool or whatever. So. Yeah. Sure. 
Well, I will say it's it's weird, Jeremy. He uh, his, his final year of his career was yeah, twenty fifteen. Uh, he made the All Star team that year. It was the only time he ever made the All Star team. So uh, yeah, yeah, he got he got to leave on a high note. Um, but yeah, definitely definitely no Hall of Fame votes for AJ Burnett. I don't think are coming. No, no, no. Um, nor Sh- Shane Victorino for me, Jack. No. Yeah, I mean, frankly, I'm I'm surprised he played ten big league seasons. Um, yeah, true. You know, he was the World Series MVP, if I'm not mistaken. Um, uh, and yeah, he did. You know, he did win a he did win three gold gloves, uh, four gold gloves too. So he was a good uh, a good glove man. Yeah, um, it's always hard to assess like leadoff guys. I feel Jack. Like it's like I think he was like a good leadoff guy, but like it also didn't do anything for me. Like I didn't get. I never was excited to think about Shane Victorino like flying around the bases or anything. No, no. Um, he had a cool nickname, the Flying Hawaiian. Yeah, that you know that's that's a Hall of Fame nickname actually. Yeah, yeah he's uh, in the Hall of Fame. He's uh, the nickname Hall of Fame. Yeah, uh, I mean, I will say, Jeremy. Yeah, I, I like uh, I like nicknames that like kind of denote where the guy uh, where the guy came from. Um, who was it? Rocco sure. Baldelli. They called him the Woonsocket Rocket or something yeah. like that. I think yeah. he was from you know Woonsocket, Rhode Island or Massachusetts or wherever it is. So like yeah, names like names like that are always good. Um, and so uh, yeah, Shane Victorino, a throwback to a name from an older time, but definitely uh, definitely not a Hall of Famer by God by any stretch of the imagination. No, not not at all. It, this is one of those guys though that's weird. Like I did not know he started with the Padres and he played. 36 games with the 03 Padres then didn't appear in 04 and then uh you know started with the Phillies in 05 so that was that's yeah. interesting I didn't I didn't, um, I didn't think I knew that but uh uh whatever. No it looks Sorry. like looks like he spent all of 2004 in Triple A a Double A and Triple okay. A um so yeah he was in the minors in the Dodgers system no less so that's oh, that's really? very strange Weird. Yeah um and he started he started off with the Dodgers too he played he played 5 years in the minor leagues for the for the Dodgers uh, you know, farm system, and then somehow he ended up on the Padres. You know, and I'm t- I'm too lazy. I'm not even going to look up what the hell his transactions were. It's not worth it. It's not worth it to talk <laughs> about <laughs> talk about how Shane Victorino ended up on these teams. Oh, but yeah, you know what? I wonder if he was a Rule Five guy, maybe. Oh yeah, and then they had to give him back. That seems that seems about like the only like like logical, logical. explanation. All right, well now I got to do it. Now I got to oh, well, now I got to look it up to see well, if we're right. S- I was going to say Jack. I don't care enough to look it up either. So, uh, so could, <laughs> yep, you were yeah. right. He was a he was a Rule Five guy, okay. and then he was actually returned to the uh, to the Dodgers, um, and then he was drafted by the Phillies again in the Rule Five draft in two thousand four. So a two two time Rule Five uh, draftee, Shane Victorino. That's, um, that's weird. That's weird. I the only thing like I think I think Johan Santana was also a Rule Five guy. So. Uh, you know, you can you can make something of yourself as a Rule Five guy, I guess. But uh, that's uh, that's interesting. Actually, Jack, that maybe that's another maybe that's a future episode topic. Huh? Rule Five guys. Rule Five guys. There we go. Yeah, that's a good one. Hey, folks, we're uh, you know we're constantly trying to come up with content here where we can't go to go to events. So we'll, yeah, uh, we're not afraid to to to, <laughs> to announce it on the, in the middle of a recording either. <laughs> Jack, I don't uh, know if. I don't know if yeah. um, I, I've heard that like some Five Guys restaurants are closing, but if we really wanted to make it full circle, we could get Five Guys and eat it while we t- record the podcast. Yeah, yeah that that would be uh, that would be excellent, Jeremy. Did I ever tell you about the time that I was so hungry 
that I got uh, I got two uh, I got two double cheeseburgers from Five Guys and I ordered them and then Whoa. the guy asked me he was like are are these both for you and I said no one of them's for my roommate but they <laughs> they they weren't I lied to the guy I lied to the guy I was so embarrassed but it's like you know what buddy none of your fucking business if both of these are for me just you know. Just ring me up here, like you know. It's you know. It's, this is not. It's none of your fucking business. It it totally is out of out of line to to for him to ask you that. Uh, yeah. Though, though it is hilarious. Did you get like the same toppings on each one? Is that why? You know, I did. I did. So that that's actually a, that's actually a good pro tip if you're trying to like throw somebody off. Get uh, get different get different toppings on both of them. Yeah, especially um, at Five Guys when like there's such a variety of things you can get, and to to be like, yeah, give me two with. Green peppers and bacon and barbecue sauce or something. It's like, <laughs> These are both for you, aren't they? Because no one else would get that same weird combo. Um, that's pretty funny, Jack. Oh man, yeah, that's like an episode of Seinfeld or something. Yeah. Um, all right, so Aramis Ramirez is next. Rami, um, a, both a Cub and a Brewer. Yeah. Uh, you know, he hung around on the Brewers for a little too long, in my opinion. Um, uh, yeah, he had a, he, but, but. He had, a, he had an interesting career, Jeremy. He had a good career. Um, it's not Hall of Fame yeah. worthy. Maybe not even Hall of Very Good worthy. But, uh, you know, he had a 2,300 hits in his career, 386 home runs, um, you know, made a, made a couple all-star teams. Um, you know, his first year with the Brewers in 2012, he had 50 doubles, 27 homers, 105 RBIs, and he hit 300. He had an outstanding season. He was good for the Cubs for a long time, too. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, I think, like, he he was uh, beloved as a Cub. I mean, especially with the way that he came over to the Cubs. Like, it is crazy to think that, like, the the Pirates traded. Not only did they trade, a, like, a young, promising third baseman at the age of 25, but they traded him in the division. It's like, that stuff just does not, that would never happen nowadays. Like, no, it's crazy. And- I mean, in 2001, for the Pirates, his age 23 season, he, uh, he played in 158 games, hit 34 home runs, 112 RBIs, and he yeah. hit 300. This was his age 23 season. Yeah. Um, and I think this is when the, the Pirates, they may have still been playing in Three Rivers Stadium at that point. Um, I'm not sure. But, you know, and I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure what that stadium was like for home runs. But, but either way, you know, we're talking a a twenty three year old third baseman who's who's putting up these numbers, and they trade him to the Cubs. I mean, this could be a uh, um, an Avisail Garcia situation. I don't know. <laughs> right. Um, I mean, next year, granted, he did have a down year. His next year, where he hit eighteen, you know, he in two thousand two with the Pirates, he he only had eighteen homers, seventy one RBIs, and he he just hit two thirty four. So, but I, I you know I think they just gave up on him too fast. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I maybe there is something. Maybe there was a, a Evasel Garcia, Rafael Palmero situation. Um, we'd have to ask. Uh, I don't know who Brian Giles or Jason <laughs> Bay were there. Yeah, um, who was who would have been on the uh, yeah the two thousand one uh, uh, Pirates team? Yeah, Brian, Brian Giles. Giles, right? Uh, Jack Jack Wilson, I don't know, or Craig <laughs> Wilson, I don't know. Yeah, right. Uh, oh, man, Pat Mears was on that team, too. I remember him. Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, some real some real bums on that team. That team. Oh, man, that team went 62-100, and 100 too, um, in 2001. Was Ryan Domit on that team? Oh, man, was he? Um, let's see here. No, it looks like Keith Osick was, though. You remember Keith Osick? 
Oh, with a K? Yeah. Oh, sick with a K? Um, maybe, yeah, I guess so. Like, because, yeah, who knows? <laughs> but uh, but anyway, yeah, uh, Aramis Ramirez, Jeremy, well, I, I think that he's the closest guy we've talked about so far. And he had 495 career doubles, too. Yeah, so well he's, well, he's the closest guy to a Hall of Fame vote so far. I still don't think that uh, that he he's going to be anywhere. He's he's going to drop off the ballot. I think. Yeah. Um. Yeah. That's interesting. I. That's you know. I guess if you if you really wanted to have like a, uh, uh, you know, a, a fundamental discussion about these guys here that we're talking about, it's like it's whether or not they'll stay on the ballot for next year. Um, yeah. I think this I, actually. Is a- I, I take that back. I think he will get enough to stay on the ballot. He'll get like five or ten percent of the vote. But I don't think you know. So I, I think he will stay on the ballot. Yeah, I could see it either way, honestly. Um, it seems like he deserves to stay on the ballot, but they they always say that. It's like he deserved to stay on the ballot. It's like, who cares why? So he could just not make it again next year? Like, who cares <laughs> if he falls off or stays on? Like, is it some kind of, like, feat to be on it for 10 years? I mean, like, that just means that, like, you were painfully close. Uh, and it's like, either you're a Hall of Famer or you're not. Like, what 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 does it matter if you stay on the ballot for five years? But they, they always talk about that, the analysts. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, well, I, I think that you know, out of the out of the guys we've talked about so far, I think Aramis Ramirez is the first guy who who deserves to probably stay on the ballot for a year. But I, I am in a hundred percent agree agreement with you that it doesn't seem like it should be a prestigious thing to stay on the ballot. <laughs> no. But uh, but but there you go, Aramis Ramirez. I think will at least stay on the ballot. You're on the ballot for next year, kid. Um, yeah, I yeah, who knows? Um, he's a beloved guy from the Cubs, but. I just never – I don't know. I mean, I don't think he's a Hall of Famer. Uh, he was really good, though, and, like, he, he has good longevity career numbers. But, yeah, I don't think – he's not getting into my Hall of Fame, unfortunately. Um, no. Jack, I got to introduce this next guy, the guy near and dear to my heart. Um, Jack, Barry Zito is on the ballot for this year, my boy. See, this is why you should never be a member of the BBWAA, Jeremy. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you would you would give you would give him a your tenth your tenth Hall of Fame vote, <laughs> yeah. um, you know. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, looking at his numbers, Jeremy, uh, he he had a couple he had a couple you know good seasons to uh, start his career with Oakland. I mean, he even won the Cy Young Award in two thousand two. But um, you know, after he left Oakland, uh, he just kind of dropped off a cliff. Yeah, it's um, it was bad and. Um... You know, I it's it's one of those weird things. Like they always say that like go, pitchers going from the uh, American League to the National League usually improve. Their numbers improve. Um, I don't know what it was about Barry Zito. I mean, like he's a he's a guy who like you know wasn't all baseball. Like he played music and stuff. And so maybe he got that. Maybe he truly is one of those guys who got like that that you know that nest egg that like that big contract and then kind of like took his foot off the gas a little bit, like knowing like, Hey, I have enough money now to support whatever I want to do whenever I finish playing baseball and I'll just like ride it out. Um, but yeah, his years were painful. I mean, they're, you know, they're, I've seen worse, but I've definitely seen better. Like he was a disappointment for the money that they paid him, but, uh, he just kind of like managed to hang just, just, he like existed, uh, for the, for the, (laughs) like the breadth of, of that contract basically with the giants. Yeah, um, you know he did. He did end up with a, a World Series. I guess probably two World Series rings because he was on the 2012 and uh, 2010 Giants. He played on both of those teams. But uh, yeah, I mean, just just kind of existing is a good way to put it. 
you know, I'll say this, Jeremy, he spent his entire career uh, in the Bay Area, uh, yeah. Oakland and San Francisco. And, I mean, those are considered the two best pitchers' parks in their respective leagues. Um, yeah. You know, Oakland is a, a great pitchers' park. There's a ton of foul territory there. It's hard to hit home runs in Oakland. And uh, same, same with San Francisco. It's like a, you know, a, a notorious, notorious pitchers' park. And uh, yet his career ERA was still 404. Um, so that's just, you know, that, that isn't great. Uh, I feel like, uh, you know, just, just hanging around you, maybe I've just got, <laughs> gotten the impression that Barry Zito was better than he was. But, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know if he'll stay on the ballot, Jeremy. I think he'll probably drop off. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, probably drop off. I think, like, yeah, just, let's just focus on his Oakland A's numbers, right? 10, <laughs> 102 and 63, 358 ERA. Um, you know, that's, that's, yeah. that's what we like to see. That's uh yeah that's that's not that's not bad. Um ooh and it, yeah 4.62 ERA in 7 years with the Giants. Uh, but you know hey Barry Zito likable likable guy. He was on the Masked Singer earlier this year. I think if I'm not uh uh if I saw that correctly. Did you see that that he was no, on the Masked Singer? I was I was going to say Jack you're more up to date on Barry Zito trivia than I am. I didn't know that. I was just going to yeah, say there he, you dated, go. Uh, he dated Alyssa, Alyssa Milano, I think. Oh, did he really? Yeah, but Alyssa Milano also dated like every Italian baseball player. So I don't know. <laughs> she dated um, Pavano for Christ's sake. Oh Jesus Christ! Um, yeah, Jeremy, I've never seen an episode of The Masked Singer, uh, and I don't think I ever will. Yeah, I, I can't see that happening for either of us. Well, um, okay, Dan Heron is the next guy. Okay, another uh, Oakland A. Um, it was, but uh, no, I mean no, you know. No. Uh, yeah, ended, ended his career with the Cubs. Yeah. I, a guy who has a sense of humor about himself, his Twitter handle is like, I throw 88, I think. Um, yeah. So I like that. I didn't. I never knew the guy had a personality till he was like on his way out the door with the Cubs. And I'm like, yeah. oh, maybe I would have liked this guy. But uh, I, I just thought of him as a Cardinal, and by default, I hated him. So. Yeah, I, I think that he... Um... You know, he threw some shade at Marlon Byrd after Marlon Byrd uh, got busted for steroids uh, on Twitter. It was somebody. I think maybe it was Marlon Byrd. But, uh, you know, he said about somebody, he's like, yeah, can I get a, can I get a few of those home runs back <laughs> yeah. um, that, he had, that he had allowed? Uh, so, you know, I'll give him credit for that. Uh, his career area was actually 375 in like 2,400 innings. So that's, that's not too bad. Um, also uh, threw a no-hitter, I think, maybe. Did Did he? he? I th- I think so. I'll, let me look that up. Um, yeah, he uh, um, you know he bounced around a lot. It's strange that you think of him as a Cardinal, Jeremy, because he only played two parts of two unremarkable seasons there in two thousand three and two thousand four uh, before he moved on to Oakland. Um, uh, okay, yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah, so um, yeah, never really. Yeah, that is weird. I guess I definitely think of him as a Cardinal or a. Uh, uh, an athletic, but yeah, you're right. Like three years. That's right. Three years. I, yeah. I kind of forget. I, I think I blocked out a lot of Dan Heron's career. He, three years with the, with the diamondbacks, three years with the angels, a year with the Dodgers. What? Like, I don't know. Uh, nationals. I don't remember any of this stuff. I blocked <laughs> out a lot of Dan Heron's career. Well, yeah, there you go. Um, and I, I don't think that, uh, you know, I, I think he'll just drop off the ballot, Jeremy. He will not be on yeah. next year. Yeah. Um, sure. let's see. Next is Tori Hunter. Yeah, Tory Hunter. Um, I mean, if I was being paid to be a baseball analyst, I would sit here and like 
you know, talk about his numbers and everything. I know he was a great defensive uh, player, and he, he had a stick. Um, I don't, like, he was good. Like, he was very athletic. He was, like, like one of those, like, kind of like one of the first premier, like, like center fielders who, like, had power but also was very athletic. Um, I don't know if it's just because he, like, hung around too long and maybe, like, had, like, that slow decline or something. But to me, he doesn't seem like a Hall of Famer. Um, I don't know. Like, it, when he left the Twins and went to the Angels, uh, I mean, there was a t- – when where he played with the Tigers. I don't know what order that was. I guess, okay, he that was after the Angels. I mean, I don't know. He kind of – it seemed like maybe he toiled a little bit, like towards the end of his career. I mean, his numbers looked okay, but uh, I don't know. And it wasn't necessarily injury prone, but there's just something about Torrey Hunter where it's like, I, I, I admit he was good, but I don't, I don't think he was a hall of famer. I don't know. No. Oh, heck no, no. He'll never be in the hall of fame. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely not. Um, I, I think the question is just, does he, does he stay on the ballot? Uh, maybe. I mean, he had 353 career home runs. Uh, he won uh you know, he won nine gold gloves. Uh, he made the all-star team five times. So he probably, uh, you know, just for those gold gloves and those home runs alone, he'll probably stay on for a little while. But, uh, yeah, Jeremy, I, I hear you when you talk about the, uh, the slow decline of Torrey Hunter. He just kind of got old and he hung around for a while. And, honestly, yeah. that's, probably, that's probably why his home run numbers uh, got up there so much, just because... Uh, you know, it's because he hung around for a little while. He probably should have closer to, you know, just almost 300 home runs. He probably played four, four or five years too many. He didn't even, you know, his last six years in the league, you know, he didn't, uh, he didn't win a gold glove at all. He made two all-star teams. Uh, I, I don't know, Jeremy. I'm done talking about Torrey Hunter. Are you cool with that? <laughs> um, that's, that's fine. I was going to say, I was going to, I just looked up his similarity scores. Cause oh, yeah. I always think of like, you know, I guess 353 homers is, is, is fairly, you know, admirable, but, um, it is, I was going to say like, is he in that like Andre Dawson similarity score territory, but he's not his number one similar batter is Chili Davis. So, okay. Um, aside from, you know, having trouble connecting to millennials, um, (laughs) that's not, that's nothing. There's nothing notable there. So, um, so yeah, you're probably not gonna. Yeah, it's if you go by that, it's like okay, let's stop the Hall of Fame conversation right there. Right, right. Um, yeah, Jeremy, if you weren't gonna make that Chili Davis joke, I was going to. It was just a matter of you know, it was like once you mentioned Chili Davis, I knew it was coming. I love it. I love yeah. it. Anytime he, anytime he gets brought up, you know, <laughs> beat you to it, I guess. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, all right. So uh, Mark Burley. Yeah, uh, I, I think that. He's like kind of an interesting case, uh, you know. I, I think he's going to stay on the ballot. His career ERA is pretty high; it's three point eight one. Um, I mean, Jack Morris made the Hall of Fame with a with a similar ERA to that, even though he had the most wins in the eighties. Um, you know, Mark Burley threw the perfect game. Uh, never, never won twenty. You know, never had a sub. Uh, never had a sub three ERA. Uh, although he got close in 2005 for the World Series winning White Sox. He had a 312 ERA, led the league in innings pitched. Um, uh, but yeah, Jeremy, uh, he's, he's Hall of Very Good, I think, but he's not Hall of Fame. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I mean, like, <clears throat> definitely a fan favorite. Um, probably should have just stayed with the White Sox his whole career. Um, <clears throat> uh, but... Um, 
and you know they say he was like one of the fastest working pitchers in baseball if not the fastest um had four complete games his last year which is kind of cool yeah Um, 33 for his career um he was kind of one of those last guys who like was good for a complete game you know every now and then um but uh yeah it was you know the he was on he was in prime uh territory of being like um one of those guys uh who uh was on the the a team of the, he was on the White Sox teams that I hated so it was hard for me to kind of like like him uh in retrospect I kind of I have some admiration for him but he was prime years of hating the White Sox so as a sure. fan um the one thing that was always weird about Mark Burley is that he like he like um he always talked about like wanting to play for the Cardinals like he's from Missouri I think the Cardinal the Cardinals was his favorite team and so like there was always talk that's like oh well his contract's up he gets to go play for the Cardinals now and he just never ended up on the Cardinals like even his last year he didn't end up on the Cardinals um and I think he kind of you know he he he's retired at age 36 and he probably could have stuck it out there a little longer but um yeah, I don't know. It was annoying. It, it was like, what, what are you talking about being the Cardinals? Until you're on the Cardinals, like, no one wants to hear it, including the Cardinals fans. It's like, <laughs> who cares if, what team you want to play on? Like, there's plenty of guys who want to play on a team. It's like, either go sign with them when you have a chance to, or just shut up about it. I don't know. It was, it was, a, weird, <laughs> it was a weird thing with Burley. I don't know. Yeah, Jeremy, you, you know, you, you hate like all guys who are on the Cardinals and, uh, you know, you also hate guys who talked about being on the Cardinals, <laughs> apparently, apparently, you know, yes. yeah, yeah. Who ever owned a Cardinals hat, walked by right. the stadium, uh, yeah. saw a bird, the bird, the, a red bird. <laughs> um, I hate them, you know, throw them all, um, on the list. I hate them all. <laughs> um, yeah, although one more thing about Mark Burley for me. Yeah, his last year, Jeremy, when you said he could have hung around for a little while longer, uh, his last season he, uh, at age 36, he was 15-8 and eight with a 381 ERA and 32 starts. He almost pitched 200 innings. So, um, I mean, I guess he just figured he was done. He pitched 32, almost 3,300 innings for his career. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think maybe he could have uh, hung around for a, another year or two to get those numbers up a little bit more. But maybe he was also just tired of it. Yeah, yeah, um, just one of those guys um, who who just, yeah, just decided to walk away, I guess. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, as far as, like, staying on the ballot, um, yeah, I could see that happening. Um, yeah. He, I guess he deserves to do that, I guess. Um, but uh, I don't think he's going to be a Hall of Famer, no. Um, no. Which leads us to our last new name on the list, Tim Hudson. Tim Hudson. Uh, his, yeah, his, his ERA... Uh... Jeremy is actually his his career numbers are better than Burley's. Um yeah. 3 4, 349 career ARA and almost as many innings, uh more wins than Burley, 222, um almost as many complete games, 26. Uh uh yeah, he um he was a he was a solid pitcher for a long time uh in the big yeah. leagues for a very long time. He was he was really solid. Again, just a Hall of very good guy probably, definitely not a Hall of Famer, but uh yeah, he was he was okay. I do not remember the his his uh, Giants days, uh, which is pretty <laughs> wild. And he got he gets a ring in 2014, I guess. Yes, he does. Um, um, yeah, he was yeah, in their starting rotation the whole year. Yeah, it was like Jake Peavy was probably on that team too, huh? Peavy, Bumgarner, Vogelsong, yeah, all those guys. Yikes. Um, yeah, I mean it's yeah it's kind of crazy. Like yeah, he's 
you know, I always think of him as an angel or I mean, uh, as an athletic, but uh, definitely more years with the Braves there. Um, yeah, I mean, like a reliable guy um, for. Um, yeah, but uh, I don't know. I was never necessarily a huge fan, um, but uh, but um, yeah, pretty reliable. Um, yeah, three forty nine is pretty good. Uh, let's see, the strikeout numbers are. Uh, there. He was never a big, never a big strikeout guy. Yeah. Although he did have over two thousand for his career. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Um, I mean, he's a no for me for the Hall of Fame. But, oh God, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I'm just trying to think of like really what there is to say, like two things about Tim Hudson that, that jumped to mind. Number one, well, number one, there's like this, like, like they don't ever make baseball blooper videos anymore, which is sad. Mm -hmm. Um, but there was like this, there's this video where he plays a trick on Eddie, Eddie Perez. I think we even talked about it on the podcast where he like dresses up like in a scream mask and cape. And like uh, he hides in Eddie Perez's hotel room closet, and uh-huh. they're filming Eddie Perez, and it makes it think. Um, that's I'm saying the right guy, right? The catch. He was the catch. Yeah, yeah, Perez. Eddie Perez, and he was a coach. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's uh, he, they they they're filming him, and they're making it seem like it's a, a documentary about like the life of a backup co- catcher or something. Uh-huh. And so they're that's the premise that they're filming him. So he goes into like this hotel. He puts down his his. Uh, uh, suitcase. He's like, yeah, you know, here's our hotel room. It's it's all right, you know. Uh, you know, here's the bed, or whatever. Uh, and he's like, I'm just gonna go put my clothes away. And then he opens up the closet, and Tim Hudson jumps out, and like Eddie Perez like grabs his chest. And he's like, yeah, and like <laughs> they show it in like slow motion, and like he looks like he's gonna like punch him, and then Tim Hudson's like, oh man, we got you or something. And it's like, not only did they like embarrass him, and not only did they trick him. And embarrass him, but they made him think that they were making a documentary about him, as if anyone like wanted to see a documentary about Eddie <laughs> Perez. Which is like, just you, you like. Not only did you like could have like given the guy a heart attack, but you also like managed to demean him as a person in the premise that uh, in which that you captured the 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 prank. So it's like it's another one of those cases where a jock trying to be funny doesn't get the nuances of comedy and. Ends up like yeah, yeah, it. Jeremy. I, I was gonna say that just sounds like typical like baseball humor. Yeah, um, totally. which is just like more mean spirited than uh, than really anything else. Um, I, I bet Chase Utley would have loved it. It's too bad he wasn't yeah. on the Braves. Yeah, totally. Yeah, maybe he he gave him the the idea, but just not enough. <laughs> not, no nuance there. Uh, it's just like ha no. ha funny, but. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, uh, we might as well uh, segue into a Philly. Uh, guys who are not uh, on the the first ballot. So this is Bobby Abreu's second year, I believe. Um, and yeah. uh, he, he snuck he snuck by with five point five percent of the vote. Uh, he was <laughs> yeah. a, he was a really good player, Jeremy. Um, uh, but yeah, he's he might fall off this year, I think. Yeah, and I think honestly, you know, I don't know if we have to spend too much time on the rest of these guys on the ballot, but like, you know, um, yeah, Abreu is a no for me. I mean. I, you know, I guess good for him that he stuck on for a second year, but, uh, that's a no. And then, I mean, I don't know, like we can just group all the, uh, the steroid guys into one, you know, one note here, I suppose, if you want. Well, I, I think it could be interesting to, uh, to, to talk about the different guys. I'm, I'm honestly at this point for letting some of those guys in, but, uh, mm-hmm. it's a, I guess it's a balancing act. Um, you know, so Bobby Abreu, yeah, he's definitely a no. Andy Pettit. 
um, who is a steroid guy. Uh, I guess if you look at his career, um, you know, I I, I would say no for Andy Pettit. 256 wins is pretty good. Um, Five World Series rings. Again, that's 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 amazing. Um, But yeah, his career ERA 385. uh, I don't think so. No. um, Also, one of the few guys to like just admit it and kind of like own it. Um, Yeah. But that still doesn't like buy him any like uh, penance with me. Um, No, I mean, like just no like uh he uh um if if it's an honor for him to stay on the ballot for 10 years and then fall off then then have at it but uh no uh for me even without the steroids um he's a no no absolutely uh next guy oh this is an interesting one slam and sammy sammy sosa uh so yeah i you know so you want to talk about steroid guys yeah, I would say no um, for him because I think that there are other guys where the case could be made that he would have been a, they would have been Hall of Famers with a, uh, even without steroids. I uh, I do not think that Sammy that is the case for Sammy Sosa. Yeah, I mean, the, well, the reason why I say like group them all into one category here is just like because it eventually boils down to like, do you think a guy who did steroids should be in the Hall of Fame? Um, I mean, I don't know. Like, I don't know if I should say. I should probably say it now because like it's it'll be evident as we go on. But like I just I I wouldn't put any of them in the Hall of Fame, and uh, I know that it's an era of baseball. I know like all the arguments that are made, like uh, you know, of the other things that happened in different eras, like the the mound height and like the dead ball era, and like not having like. Like having like the uh, the the race uh, divide like in in baseball and stuff like these are all things that like kind of affected eras of baseball, um, but uh, I mean if you go right to Clemens and Bonds like I'm not letting them in because they're two fucking assholes so I I have <laughs> an asshole true. clause I have an asshole clause on my Hall of Fame uh, ballot um, so I'm I I wouldn't let them in um, and uh, I don't care like I I don't care like I I don't care if they were good beforehand. I don't care if they deserve to be in. Like, I would sooner rather have Pete Rosen, and Pete Rose is an asshole, but, like, I would rather have, like, if you want to put Pete Rose into the Hall of Fame and then put these guys in, then I guess I'll I'll take the trade-off. But, like, it just, it makes me, like, I don't, I don't care what they did. I don't care if they were the face of baseball. I don't care if they lead categories. Like, I, I don't, I don't want them in my Hall of Fame. I, they'll probably get in somehow or some way, and, it is what it is. There's already guys who did steroids in the Hall of Fame. So at, I guess if you go by that logic, let them in. But, like, I don't care. Like, I hope they feel bad every year when they don't make it because screw them. Why should they get any sort of reward for anything? Like, screw them. There's plenty of guys in the Hall of Fame. That, this this is true. This is true. Um, I, in, I guess, yeah, that, that's a slippery slope to say, like, you know, do you let some some steroid guys in, but not other steroid guys, even though, like, all of their numbers can be really good? Rafael Palmero had, like, really good career numbers. I think he had over 3,000 hits and over 500 home runs um, yeah. off the top of my head. I'm not sure if that's necessarily true, but he's a guy who would have been in the uh, the Hall of Fame if he hadn't been busted for steroids, I think. So he's not there. Uh, yeah, and Sammy Sosa, too, uh, you know, over 600 career home runs. Um you know that you'd think that alone would get you in the Hall of Fame, but for me, he's just he just doesn't really do it. Um, I think it is amazing that he hit over sixty home runs 
three times and not a single time did he lead the league in homers. That that kind of that kind of blows my mind. Um, uh, yeah, I I don't know, Jeremy. I mean, you know, actually now that I'm looking at his numbers, like you know, he he did have a Hall of Fame worthy career. Oh yeah. Uh, so are, so are you so, saying that steroids aside, you wouldn't put him in the Hall of Fame? Uh. You know, I think I think that for him, he was one of the guys who did steroids, and I feel like without without the steroids, he would not have been a Hall of Famer. Okay. Um, gotcha. But I also feel like that's too uh, that's too um, uh, slippery of a slope to say because, like, who's to say what a guy would have done or didn't do? You know, wouldn't have done if he, you know, if he wasn't taking steroids. I will say, based on that 1991 game that we watched, he did not look <laughs> like a hall. Of, he did not look like a Hall of Famer in that game. Um, yeah, no, I mean, you know, I wonder if he would have been like a 30-30, like a perennial 30-30 guy without steroids maybe or something. Who who knows? It's hard to say. Um, I would say, like, he was probably the least asshole. Like, he was maybe the most cocky, but he was the least – he was like – he was like like kind of like somewhat like – I mean, he was also – he was as annoying as he was likable, I suppose. But – um uh, he always seemed like he had fairly innocent intentions, I would say. Sure. Um, so, like, I wouldn't put him in the category of, like, asshole that Barry Bonds was. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it would be disingenuous of me to say anything. Like, I would put him in and not Barry Bonds. Um, so, like, I mean, yeah, it is it is hard to say. It's just hard to analyze it. I think he, he had speed early in his career and was kind of like a stolen – like, you know, he was a 30-30 guy. So, um you know, I don't know if maybe he that that was his true self, or even that was already pumped up by steroids. Who knows? Well, well, I'll say this, Jeremy. I get to I get to vote for ten guys, right? That's the max. Uh huh. I'm, I'm not going to vote for Sammy Sosa. Um, okay. You know, I yeah, I uh, we have the you know we we have the right to do that if we want to as you know faux members of the BBWAA. Yeah. Um, uh, so moving on to an interesting case here. So Jeremy, would you wait uh, for Sammy Sosa? Yes or no for you? Uh, it's a no. Okay, it's a no. Good. Uh, well, here's an interesting one. Um, Andrew Jones or Andrew Jones? I don't know why I was calling him Andrew Jones. Um, but uh, yeah, Andrew Jones. Uh, you know, not in the Hall of Fame yet. He's been on the ballot now. I think this might be his what fourth year on the ballot. Um, yes, this is fourth year. He got almost twenty percent of the vote last year. He was a really good player, Jeremy. Um, yeah, yeah, I guess so. I feel like he, um, <clears throat> was it injuries that kind of derailed his career or did he kind of just tail off? Yeah, or? he, well, yeah, I mean, his last year was 35, but like, yeah, after like 2008, it seems like he, he didn't, he never played a full season after 2007, his last, uh, yeah. last five years of his career. Yeah. So he must've been, it must've been injuries. I mean, and, and he was only 31 when uh you know when that started happening to him so yeah. you figure if he if he had had a couple more uh you know years where he was totally healthy um i think he might he might have been able to get over 500 home runs uh in which case he'd probably he'd probably be in he was only a 254 career hitter though yeah that's that's pretty ugly i mean but also like if we go back to steroids again like i mean, he was probably a steroids guy too like so yeah um, he, you know he, he he may have been. Um, they do say that, like, that he played a better center fielder, or he played a better center field than anybody. Like, like he was like a player's player. Like he his. Uh, they said that he was one of the best center fielders that you know anybody had ever seen. Um, yeah, I didn't he watch. Up, he came up at age nineteen and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, and I didn't watch. Uh, I mean, I didn't watch a whole lot of his games when he was when he was playing. Uh, I was always aware of him. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, he won ten Gold Gloves. But uh, well, yeah, with that two fifty four career average, um, yeah, I, I don't think you can justify putting a guy in the Hall of Fame uh, for that. So he he's a no for me. Um, yeah, no for me too. I just I was never that enamored with with Andrew Jones, and maybe if I was a maybe if I was a Braves fan or I was more like um, appreciative of like defensive acumen or something, maybe I would have liked him. But uh, just the end of the career is just is just a friggin' like barf stain to me. So like, <laughs> I'm, just, like, I'm like, let's I I have I have nothing to say about Andrew Jones really. Well, uh, so yeah, I, I don't think we voted for a single guy for the Hall of Fame yet. Um, no. Jeff Jeff Kent, uh, uh, yeah, he's a he's also a a no for me. Um, for a second baseman, his numbers are really good. He had two ninety, three hundred seventy seven home runs, won an MVP. Uh, yeah, but he was another guy who was just notoriously an asshole, and also a guy who again was probably a, a steroid user as well. Yeah. Like I said, I think I might have said it even last episode. He was great on Survivor uh, as a <laughs> um, villain, I guess. I don't even remember like how he was portrayed on Survivor. I don't think he was as an, as big of an asshole as I thought he might have been. But uh, he's a no for me. Uh, I don't. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't uh, care for Jeff Kent. No, no, f him. Although he did, he did have a, a mustache. Um, so I guess you can you can say that about it. But yeah, no, a no for <laughs> Jeff Kent. Manny uh Manny Ramirez um he's an an interesting one as well uh 555 career home runs uh career 312 hitter um and he uh you know and and World Series MVP two-time World Series champion won a batting title 12-time All-Star he was he was a, he was a good player um yeah i mean like i'll say that i yeah i like Manny Ramirez's um like average and on base numbers um they they're the things that like make me like get me excited <laughs> when looking at stats um but i mean definitely a steroids guy i don't like yep you know i i i don't know i mean i guess for for sake of like for sake of like uh entertainment purposes i should probably try to just analyze these guys without steroids because otherwise it's just no 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 yeah yeah but, yeah i mean the guys we're seeing now were all probably steroid guys i would right. say jeremy just when you when you look at his numbers from 1995 to about 2008 i mean the, he was one of the absolute yeah. best hitters in the game and yeah. if you want you, you figure everybody pitchers and hitters everybody had steroids available to them and, and most of the guys were probably doing them um at least most of the I mean that that's a cynical thing to say, but I mean Jose Canseco admitted like said that it was eighty five percent of the players who were doing steroids. You know, now who yeah. knows if that's accurate, but it probably wasn't too far off. So I would say out of out of everybody in the league, you know, I think Manny Ramirez is one of the best. Uh, one was one of the best hitters of his era. Yeah. Um. And uh, you know, I, I would I would at this point I would I would he would get a Hall of Fame vote from me. I think. Uh, I'll say maybe I'll say this if if if. I'm if we're taking any of the steroids guys who are currently on the ballot, um, he would be the first one I would take maybe. Okay. Very good. Very good. Um, yeah. and yeah, he did, he did end his career in the Cubs organization. So that's a, that's a, that's a bonus too. And I saw, him. I saw him in Iowa play. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. He was in that Chris Bryant game, right? Yeah. Oof. Do you remember what he did? Um, 
Oh man, I don't I don't I honestly don't. He might have like walked, I think, like in one at bat or something. Uh, scored, he okay. might have scored a run even. But uh but yeah, it was just crazy to see him at that point. That was like twenty fourteen, I think. Yeah, yeah, he was an old guy at that point, for sure. Yeah, yeah, pretty crazy. Uh, um Todd Helton, uh uh, I like Todd Helton, Jeremy, um, but, uh, you know, he played with the Rockies. His career average was 316, but, uh, you know, you, you got to think that some of that is probably, uh, if not a lot of that, is probably Coors Field. Um, uh, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to look up a good place to see what his career splits were, um, home and road. But yeah. uh, uh, is, is Helton, like, a guy who people give the benefit of the doubt of not being on steroids? Yeah, yeah, I, I think I think for the most part, people don't. I've never really heard him connected with with steroids at all. Well, I'm connecting him now. I think he was a steroids guy. So you think you so? I I mean I do, yeah, but like I don't like just um, I don't know. Again, like it seemed like he was like injury plagued towards the end of his career, and I know that also the body breaks down and stuff. But like just given all the evidence, like you 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 want to say steroids? Like I, I think everyone was like guilty until proven innocent with steroid in the steroid sure so um like yeah so possibly again it was never a guy that i was really too crazy about um just didn't do it for me um and uh yeah i don't know his like 30s were were weird i don't know he he like had a great start to his career and then the end was just kind of like i don't know there wasn't he was just a yeah he just seemed like kind of a league average to below average player um you know, towards the end of his career, almost the last 10 years of his career. It was like a Ken Griffey Jr. light or something. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, hey, I'll give the guy credit. He played his whole career in Colorado. But, uh, you know, we never really got to see what he would do not playing for a team like the Rockies where, you know, not playing in an awesome hitter's park. Is there any member of the Ro- – oh, Larry Walker. I was. Is Larry Walker the only Colorado Rocky in the Hall of Fame? Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I think so. I think so too. Um, and uh, but uh, but yeah, it's the the next one ain't gonna be Todd Helton, in my opinion. So he's a, he's a no from me. Yeah, yeah. Um, Gary Sheffield is a weird one. Like I kind of almost forgot that Gary Sheffield wasn't in the Hall of Fame, but I guess like, um, you know, it's weird. He's kind of like one of the few guys who's like still like in the public eye, who is kind of like a disgraced steroid guy, like. You know, yeah. I don't know. And I and I know he's not held in that same regard as like a Bonds or a Clemens, but he's like he does I think he's on like the TBS post game show or something, or at least he, he was for yeah. Yeah. And he's like he has the steroid moniker hanging over his head, so like um yeah, I don't know. Um I know you don't like <laughs> Gary Sheffield, Jack. Yeah, um, I feel like I've kind of softened to him in, in recent years. Um, yeah, I mean, he hit over 500 home runs for his career. He had 292 um, for his uh, for his career as well, in a in a ton of games or a ton of. He almost had had almost 11,000 plate appearances in his in his career. So he played for a really long time. Um, uh, yeah, and I mean, he drove in over 100 runs. It looks like uh, eight times, 100 or more uh, RBIs. Uh, you know, yeah, he had a really good career. Um, he might, he might get my second Hall of Fame vote, Jeremy. He was around for a long time, and I, I think he, he probably deserves to get in steroids or no steroids. Wow. Well, here, you know, this is a certainly the dawning of a new day um, for Jack uh, and and, <laughs> and Gary Sheffield. Um, I mean, I it doesn't do anything for me. I don't know. 
like I mean, yeah, he's he had a, a long storied career. Uh, yeah, the 509 homers, 292 average. I mean, those, those are pretty good numbers, but I just I can't get around it. So uh, he's a no for me. Okay, okay. Um, Billy Wagner, his sixth year. Yeah, I, that's the thing, Jeremy. I figure I might vote for him, but uh, you know he's he not going to get enough votes to 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 be in the Hall of Fame. So he'll he'll have the Gary Sheffield will have the honor of staying on the ballot for an eighth year, but he's not. You know he's not going. He's not getting in the Hall of Fame. I don't think. Now Billy Wagner, he's uh, uh this is his sixth year on the ballot. He seems like he uh, retired a lot longer ago than he actually did, which was 2010. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he had a, he had a good year in his last year too. He had 37 saves. Um, yeah, so he had 422 saves in his career. Career ERA of, of 2.31. Um, he had a good career. He did, Jack. Um, I think we've talked about this. So we. Uh, you know, I met references before we started recording, Jack, but like before we had the podcast, I remember like going out to a bar with you, Jack, and printing out like the Hall of Fame ballot. This is when Edgar Martinez was like, it was maybe the year before Edgar Martinez got in, but I like I printed it out and it, we like just kind of like hunkered down in the corner of the bar and like drank beers and talked about the, the, the ballot, the, Hall of Fame ballot. I maybe I'm revealing too much of how like nerdy our like hangout <laughs> sessions were, but like, um, but yeah, so I think I think Billy Wagner was on the the ballot at that point, and uh, so Billy Wagner is a yes for me. Here we go, my first yes for the Hall of Fame. I think Billy Wagner should be in the Hall of Fame. Okay, yeah, I would. Uh, I think he's my third yes, Jeremy. But I would okay. I would vote for him for the Hall of Fame as well. I mean, those, you know, it's it's hard for a closer to be that good for that long. Most of the time, those guys have a pretty short shelf life. So uh, yeah. so yeah, Billy Wagner, um, you know, he gets a yes for me too. Yeah, I, mean, I remember I. Oh, go ahead, Jeremy. Uh, well, no, what were you gonna say, Jack? Well, I was just gonna say, yeah, I think I, I remember that night. Um, you know, uh, when when you printed out that that Hall of Fame ballot, uh, I'm surprised we haven't been doing this podcast for a lot longer. Uh, not, you know, we essentially just record our hangout sessions now. I was gonna say, well, it's like, yeah, it's like that was the predecessor to the podcast. That was like, wow, if we can have this conversation at a night out at the bar, we should start, we have to start a podcast to capture this stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I think at that time I, yeah, I kind of voted for, for Billy Wagner and like, I, there's this whole thing about like closers shouldn't get in or like, you have to be like really good to get in. Well, I think he's really good. I think he like, is like, you know, if you, if you want to make him the threshold of, of hall of fame worthy or not, then, then, then that's where the line is. I think he was really good. I mean, just, yeah, career 231 ERA. To me, again, like I, I've referenced this, I think I've referenced this in the conversation, but his strikeouts, his Ks per nine average uh, was 11.9 for his career. And I know he was a closer. Yeah. He would throw one inning um, uh, a game. I mean, I wonder, you know, I wonder what his, like, what he averaged, how many strikeouts he averaged per appearance. I guess I could do the math, you know, if we had a second. But, um, but like, yeah, I mean, Ugh, man, an 11.9 Ks, uh, Ks, or yeah, Ks per nine. Like he almost averaged 12 strikeouts per nine innings. Like that's crazy. Like um, obviously it's it's different for a closer, but like you can't argue with the ratio. Like I mean, he he struck a lot of guys out. He was pretty dominant, and uh, he was a lefty. And uh, you know, for all those reasons, um, yeah, I think uh, I think he's a Hall of Famer. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, that that age 38 season, Jeremy, his last year. He uh, had 37 saves of 143 ERA, and he struck out 104 guys in 69 and a third innings. The guy could still bring it, so yeah. I don't, you know, he could have he could have maybe hung around for another year or two. But uh, yeah, Billy Wagner uh, gets both of our votes. Scott Rowland, Jeremy, that's an odd one. Yeah, I mean, 
one of those guys who like kind of just hung around for a long time like maybe like early on in his career he was really considered yeah he won rookie of the year so considered like a really strong uh you know up and coming guy um career 281 hitter that's pretty nice um i he's a no for me but uh all that being said but um i guess he was kind of a solid guy like kind of had like a second um you know had a renaissance like with the maybe not a renaissance but like he went to the the cardinals and was still good i guess like he was he put in some good years for them as well but uh yeah, it's just a, a no for me, but uh, he was a solid guy, I guess. I'm sure if he played for my team, I'd, I'd, I'd like him a lot. But Yeah, and then he had, he had another resurgence with the Cincinnati Reds in yeah. 2010. Maybe so that's kind of what I'm thinking of, yeah. Yeah, so that he just yeah he just kind of kept coming back. But, um, yeah, uh, Jeremy, he's also, a, uh, he's also a no for me as well. Uh, I, I was reading some article a couple of weeks ago about somebody making a Hall of Fame case for Scott Rowland. And, uh, you know, they, they made a good, a good case for him, but, like, uh, you know, I... No, I it's I don't I don't see it. Um, or I mean I I could see why somebody would like him that much, but uh, I I don't think he's going to get in. He doesn't have my vote. Um, Omar Vizquel, uh, another another interesting one. It seems like people really want Omar Vizquel to get in the Hall of Fame. He won eleven Gold Gloves, but uh, I mean the guy uh, any the guy just he, he didn't hit Jeremy. No, no. Um, yeah, it's it's tough. Like I wish that you know you could give a guy. I don't actually really, I don't really care, <laughs> but like, you know, if you could give a guy uh, the hall of fame just based on, on defense, it's like, okay, yeah, definitely. He should be in there. I mean, he played till 45. That's pretty crazy. Um, but um, I don't know. It's like, if someone made me, if someone like put a gun to my head and made me um, have uh, like two, <laughs> like to you, it's like, you got to make more than one selection. I'm like, okay, throw Omar Vizquel on there. But <laughs> I uh, no like you know he's a nice guy but uh yeah I uh you know he hit 272 for his career too which is actually a little bit higher than I than I thought he hit um mm-hmm. but uh yeah I I am going to say no for this ballot I'm sure he'll get enough votes to stay on but for this year I'm going to say no just cuz I feel like I uh you know I feel like who did I who did I say yes to that I'm regretting now I don't remember Sheff- but uh yeah, Sheffield uh um, Ramir yeah. Manny and, uh, and Billy Wagner. Uh, and, uh, Billy Wagner. Yeah. So there you go. So, um, yeah, for me, Omar Vizquel is a no this year, although it seems like I think by his 10th year, he will, he will eventually end up getting elected. Um, yeah. all right. So we have, well, bond... I was, was going to say, oh, really yeah, quick, go ahead. yeah, about Omar Vizquel, like a 688 OPS for his career. Like that's no, we can't, we can't have that in the hall of fame. <laughs> um, Okay, so Barry, so is he a no for you, Jeremy? He's a no, but I like, okay. uh, you know, he's a short guy. Cool. Right, right. Uh, Barry Bonds, um, yeah, so he's an interesting one, Jeremy. Yes or no for him, do you think? Nope. He's a no for you. Okay. He's a, he's a yes. He's a yes for me, Jeremy. I think he, I think he should just get in at this point. Um, let's see. So this is, this is his ninth year, right? So he'll, they'll be on for next year. I yep. mean, at this point, like, you know, and I can find, like, happiness for a lot of guys that I don't have, you know, a close tie with or anything, like, in, as far as baseball fandom goes. Like, it makes me happier to think about Barry Bonds finding out that he didn't get into the Hall of Fame than it ever could for me to be happy for him. Like, I, like, and the fact is that he probably, 
I don't know. It's weird to think about like if he, how much it it tears him up, like for him to like not get in year after year. Like I think at some point you kind of accept it, uh, but now he's kind of like climbing up. Um, I don't think they're gonna. I I don't think they're gonna get in in this period unless guys are just decide on the tenth one. It's like let him in. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean he, I dislike him way more than even Clemens. Um, I just think he's a piece of garbage and uh <laughs> i i don't i wish worse things on him than not making the hall of fame <laughs> i don't care anything about i don't care anything about his accomplishments and i get the the argument that he was good before the steroids era but like who cares i don't care um jeremy i i will say this it it is kind of silly and it's kind of a disgrace that the guy with the the most hits and the guy with the most career home runs are both not in the Hall of Fame. Well, that's yeah. I have a I have a solution for that, which is this: like erase his numbers. Like he, he's not the Hall. <laughs> he's not the the home run king to me. Like it's it's Hank Aaron. The fact here's what makes me mad: the fact that Hank Aaron was like getting like racist like death threats as he was breaking the home run record. Like he had it. That's what he was dealing with when he was breaking the home run record. Barry Bonds was doing steroids. Like it's like get the guy like it's it's a and if you want to blame like get mad at bud selig then because like it's bud selig's fault that that happened like um it like he allowed he he allowed the this to have to happen to baseball so it's like if if it is i agree that it's ridiculous that like he leads he's the he's a home run king and he can't be in the hall of fame but it's like he's not he's not the home run king to me like like hank aaron is like so like uh i don't know blame bud selig i guess well, I'll say this, Jeremy, too. Um, I think if I think that Barry Bonds broke the home run record in his very last season. Is that right? Uh, yeah, because what Hank Aaron had what seven fifty five, and then Bonds ended with I'm on his baseball reference now. He ended with seven sixty two. So, um, so yeah, he would have he would have broken it um, in his last in his last season. So, and he was forty two years old at that point. So mm-hmm. that. I think, you know, if he if he just wouldn't have come back for that last year to break that record, if he would have just been like, "No, you know what? I'm good. Like I'm not going to I'm not going to break Hank Aaron's record." Like yeah. uh I think I think maybe he would be in the Hall of Fame right now. I think people would have <laughs> been people would have been willing to at least be like, "Okay, at least you didn't break that record." But uh-huh. like, you know, how why why would he do that to Hank Aaron? Like, you know, nobody nobody wanted Barry Bonds to break that record. Nobody was excited when it happened. There was no like, you know, there was no big ceremony or anything. It was just like uh, people people were pissed. It was people yeah, were pissed. It was a disgrace. And like I remember Bud Selig being at those games and like he he said like he was just he was like upset. He was sick that like the record was being broken or something. I'll tell you why he he came back to break the record, Jack. It's because he's an egomaniacal piece of shit. That's why. Like <laughs> the whole thing was always about him. Like the whole reason why he did steroids, they say, was because he watched Bond, uh, McGuire, and Sosa break the record. And he's like, "Well, if they're gonna do it, then I, I'm gonna do it because I'm better than them." So then he went and fucking did steroids. His head grew like five hat sizes, and then he and he had 73 homers. So great, congratulations! Everyone thinks you're a piece of shit, and so like, so fuck him. Like, get, get, erase him from the fucking record books. I'll pretend that he never existed. That's fine with me. <laughs> I don't care. It's not a sham to me. It doesn't disgrace baseball. And and again, if it does, like that's why Bud Selig is a fucking piece of shit too. So fuck both of them. Like, 
it just makes it it makes me feel crazy. It's like Hank Aaron was he thought he was going to get murdered by those two fucking doofuses who ran on the field because people were threatening to fucking kill him because he was going to break Babe Ruth's home run record. It's like, that's what he was dealing with. And Bonds is just a fucking asshole who sh- who jammed a needle in his ass. Like, fuck yeah. him. All right. That, that was a beautiful rant, Jeremy. <laughs> well, listen, uh, I don't think I threatened. I talked, to, I didn't threaten anyone's life. I don't think so. I, I think I'm okay. Um, I think you did say you wished worse things on Barry Bonds than not being on the Hall of Fame. <laughs> so it is, it's in, indeterminate if you that's nebulous. threatened this. That's nebulous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, can't, <laughs> you can't make any, you can't uh, convict me on that, Jack. Come. <laughs> um, Roger Clemens, uh, 354 career wins, a 312 ERA. Um, yeah, he had an amazing career. I, I think they might as well let him in at this point, Jeremy. Seven Cy Young Awards, seven ERA titles, you know, two pitching triple crowns and an MVP. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, you might as well just let the guy in at this point. What do you think, Jeremy? Well, if you're going to let – if you're letting Bonds in, you can let Clemens in as well. It would be actually funny. So, like, the one thing that, like, Len Casper always says about, like, getting these guys into the Hall of Fame is, like, they're going to have to go up there and make a speech. And they're going to have to, like, talk about what they did or ignore the fact that they did steroids. And so, like – Len Casper kind of says like he wants to see like how like what how they explain it basically. I mean, if you if you go by the the character that these guys have have uh, already set for themselves, they'll they'll probably just deny like they they'll just brush over it. They, there's no reason for them to address it. They'll just pretend like they did all this stuff on their own merits. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, obviously, if you let one in, you you have to let the other one in. Um, Clemens. Um, I don't know, like, I guess if you made me pick one of them, I guess I would pick Clemens because he's less of an asshole. But, like, I don't I don't know. Um, what do you think about when he threw that bat at Mike Piazza? That was kind of funny, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was. It was. That's one, one steroid guy throwing a bat at, at another steroid guy. Yeah, um, that's one thing hey, that always jumps out to me about that. Sure. Um, I mean, hey, and Mike Piazza's in the Hall of Fame. So well, for sure. I mean, I was going to say in, in one of my earlier rants, I'm like, if you want to take Craig Biggio and Mike Piazza and uh, Jeff Bagwell out of the Hall of Fame, that's totally fine with me, too. If you'd rather go the opposite way than let them all in, uh, you know, retro make someone say like, yep, you did steroids, you're out. But whatever. Right. Um, but yeah, I, and I get that. I get that double standard. And I, I mean, I, I didn't want Mike Piazza or Craig Biggio in there anyway. So whatever. And I am putting Craig Biggio on my on my steroids list, but anyway, um, but yeah. So I don't know Clemens. Like, uh, you know, I you know he, I like that he got twenty strikeouts in a game. I guess you know that's cool in his like rookie sure. year, right? That's impressive. But um, yeah, I mean, unless you let one in, uh, I'm keeping them both out. That should be an episode, Jeremy. Um... Uh... Uh, guys, just kicking guys out of the Hall of Fame, seeing who's left. You know, they, they um, did that. They did that on a on Boers and Bernstein, like the local radio show. Uh, they, oh, did they? They went through the list and kicked guys out, and it was pretty funny. Uh, nice. They, they kicked out pretty much like every guy who played like before the year like 1940 or, or something. <laughs> so it's kind of funny, but. Um, Last guy, Kurt Schilling, Jeremy. Um, <laughs> I've already oh, spent all my bullets, Jack. This is unfair. Like, yeah. Yeah, um, I'll say. Did I say that Barry Bonds is the worst guy on this list? I mean, 
Kurt Schilling is probably the worst guy on the list. The worst yeah. guy on the list. Um, but I don't even think Kurt Schilling should be in the Hall of Fame, regardless of any of his bullshit. Like, I just don't know. Like, he's a good like, like he was a solid guy. Like he was great. He was great in the playoffs. That's great. Um, but like who you know maybe um, maybe uh, uh, John Lieber would have been great in the playoffs too. But he never had a chance to pitch because his team sucked. Like I don't know. Like, um, uh, you know, they, there's talk that he faked the bloody sock incident. Like the guy's just a a mess. Like, just get him out of here. Like, and this is all regardless of all his social, his like, like late, like recent year social media bullshit. So like, I, I, whatever, man, I, I, and he's going to get in this year too. Yeah, he will. Uh, yeah. Career 223 ERA and 19, um, 19 postseason starts. Pretty solid. Uh, in four in seven World Series starts, he had a career two hundred six ERA. Um, in the in the uh, NLCS, a one forty four ERA and three uh, three career starts. So yeah, I mean he pitched he pitched the best when there was the most on the line. But his uh, you know his his regular pitching for his, his you know his career was he only had a three forty six ERA, not great. Uh, you know he won two hundred sixteen games. Um, uh, I mean, you know, for whatever wins are worth, they were worth a lot when he was pitching, um, and they were still a pretty highly regarded stat. And yeah, it, for the first about ten or so years of his career, he was a pretty mediocre pitcher. That, that's what jumps out to me, Jack. Like coming up, like in his early years, and like I was granted pretty young, but like he never, he was not really like a notable guy, like um, like any sort of like um, any sort of uh, like. Uh, notoriety he got was yeah from like like in the latter part of his career and it's like well this guy just kind of came out of nowhere it's not like he even flew under the radar really that much I don't think like he just yeah up until like maybe 1996 like which is his age 29 season um, and would have been like what his like sixth year in the league or seventh year in the league it's like yeah Yeah. he was kind of just whatever and like that seems weird to me that that then becomes a hall of fame career I don't know yeah. Uh, so yeah, I would actually say no, just based on his regular season stats, um, regardless of what he did in the playoffs. So yeah, Kurt Schilling is a no for me. But like you said, Jeremy, it seems like he's going to get in this year, and he may be the only guy who gets in this year, which will be very interesting. Yeah, uh, that'll be a pretty fun uh, um, Hall of Fame induction ceremony. Uh, have <laughs> Kurt Schilling standing there on the on the on the stage by himself, um, you know, minus all the old. Uh, hall of famers that kicked the bucket this year um you know he'll just be up there um i hope he uses his platform for a good reason <laughs> to speak about <laughs> his political beliefs that would be great um uh so yeah i don't know it's yeah i mean honestly jack it's like when once we got to this list of guys previews on the bell like i just i'm uninspired by all of them except for maybe billy wagner and like um i don't know it's like there's i i don't i don't think any of them should get in i don't I wouldn't, I'm not really, I'm not really excited about any of them getting in. Like if they did get in, like to see their speeches or whatever. So it's kind of a bummer of a list. Um, you know, we, it's fun to talk about in like, you know, in general, but like, this is a bummer of a list. I just, I'm not excited about any of them. And I don't think any of them have a shot to get in except for the guy who I hate probably the most on the whole list. So, (laughs) well, uh, I, I guess we'll find out when do we find out Jeremy? Is it January? Yeah, it's it's right in those early days of January, so um, we uh, we got a bit of time to uh, to think about it, I guess. All right. Well, I think that's going to wrap it up, uh, Jeremy. Uh, 
we've been going for quite a while now. Yeah, so this is, a, this is a this is a very long episode for for a lot of vitriol and, and hatred to be thrown <laughs> out there. Um, but uh, again, we we have a little late bonus in there for people who made it this far. Like you can hear my Barry Bonds rant. So uh, there you go. Yeah. Well, one more thing. Uh, Kurt Schilling's Twitter account is at Gehrig thirty eight, which is. Uh, which is which is strange, Jeremy. I don't know why he has Lou Gehrig's. Is, does he like do some something for Lou Gehrig's disease? I I think so. I mean, yeah, ALS or something like. I think, yep. Yeah, he did stuff for that. And um, again, uh, great representative, uh, great spokesperson to have for there. I'm sure Lou Gehrig would be super happy to be represented by a guy like Kurt Schilling, a guy who's not afraid to. You know, he feels he's not afraid uh, to speak his mind, and he, he he you know he's brave enough to to tell the truth. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, for Rain Delay Theater, I'm Jack Spakowski. And I'm Jeremy DiNicio. We'll see you next time. So long.